0: Hello and welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. We are back to playing One Ring Second Edition. We are continuing our waking of Angmar campaign after about a month off because Long is a jerk who left us, uh, but he has returned. But he's still a jerk. It's weird how that works. I don't know what's going on. Uh, we're trying a different, like uh, a different setup for our audio for recording stuff. Everyone is terrified right now that they're going to try to talk and accidentally be muted. Uh, so this is going to be an interesting session. You all can talk anytime you want. Say anything. say something. Anyone?
1: Are you sure? Are you can can you hear us? Hear you. Okay. You're good to go. Everything's you want fine. Us to talk? Of course. The
0: more, <laughs> We're all so nervous. I know you are. It's so funny. Like like Melissa's face. It's just like you know. It's just a strain. Just fine. Everything's fine. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, but we've Melissa. been. I know. It's just. She had like the most terrified look on her face. I'm just like, you know, Halloween's over. Everything's fine. So yeah, we're going to give that. We're, we're, we're trying a little something different out uh, since we've been releasing a lot of our stuff in, uh, in podcast form. Uh, so we want to make it a little bit easier to sort of blend together some of our tracks. Because some of us, like myself, can be a little loud sometimes others like Melissa can be a little and and long to some degree can be a little quiet so we're trying to do something just so for the podcast folks out there who have started to to listen to this in podcast form Uh, but uh, we'll see how it goes if this goes terribly then it goes terribly whatever anyhow uh, we have been gone for I think four sessions I think it's been 36 days 35 36 days something like that Uh, so this is going to be a fun return and we'll see how this goes um, before I get into the summary of where we are at, because uh, we did leave on something of a cliffhanger, sort of, not really, but kind of. Uh, why don't we go ahead and do an introduction? Get get back into the mindset of these characters. Tell us who you are, who you're playing,
2: all that kind of stuff. So we'll start with Long. Long tells about Floy. It's good to be back to One Ring. I'm playing Floy, our dwarven treasure hunter from the Blue Mountains. I've got my nice battle axe, nice Mithril armor, and I'm pretty much just the brute, the, the crew here. The brute, the brute. Don't sell yourself the short, brute.
0: man. You're also the treasure hunter. You're the guy who likes the gold, gets people, you know, gets people into trouble because of it. You're the one who jogs. You know, there's there's some who knock, you jog. Everything's great. You, uh, you tra- well, like, what I
1: had what to is laugh. Your, I was listening what is back your treasure
3: to the Oh, yeah, I'm at one
0: eleven. What's and Dears?
3: <laughs> I'm at six. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I started at zero and I, I've clawed my way up. Yep, yep. What we're you gonna say Melissa.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say I was listening to the beginning of the last episode and Long's introduction was just like, "Here's all the different animals that I've slain."
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's gonna be great. Uh, okay, next up, we've got. Ashley playing Gilly Kettlegrass. Tell us about Gilly, Ashley.
4: I'm playing Gilly Kettlegrass and I'm our Bree blooded Hobbit. And she has a array of skills that she participates in. Um, she got some nice paints that she hasn't used yet uh, for her creative pursuits. Uh, possibly her Dwarven uh, <laughs> inappropriate drawings in her journal. <laughs> um, And yeah, she's got overall Gilly has a really big heart and she cares about everybody around her. And that's why she's participating in this journey.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, Who would have ever thought that young Gilly Kettlegrass, tiny Gilly Kettlegrass will Mm -hmm. be having to cross through the center of the dead realm of Angmar? Who would have ever thought that would be Gilly? Not Gilly. Gilly. No, no. Uh, Who would have ever thought that she would make it back? Not me. So she probably won't. So, I
4: hope she does.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm out for blood. I think uh, I'm out for blood. I don't want everyone coming back. I'm, I'm just gonna say. I'm just gonna say. I'm gonna.
4: That will be the fifth punch to my punch Let's card. See. Then. <laughs> I know
0: Ash has had a bad run lately. She's lost a lot of characters in our Friday night games. So uh, I don't know. Maybe no, she's not off the hook. We'll see what the dice take I'm us. I'm not off the hook. I'm yeah. pulling punches. We'll see, we'll where, see where the where dice it goes. goes. Yeah. yeah. If we, you know, if I got to take them all out, we got to take them all out. That's just how it works. That's just how it happens. Exactly. All right. Bottom row. We've got Melissa and her stressed smile. Tell us about Arrheniel, please.
1: So Arrheniel is our uh, Ranger of the North champion. Uh, she came prepared for this journey with her uh, signature snowshoes. So, you know, given that everything is going to be all right.
0: Okay. It's okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh and then finally, uh we've got sorandir the the artist formerly known as Arabon. I almost forgot that your name used to be Arabon, but it's sorandir now. Uh Steven about sorandir
3: My Gavanan, I am sorandir child of eru guard of forlon exile of Linden, warden of Ariador, giver of gold, drinker of water, and hunter of berries. I have missed saying that, guys. It's ridiculous.
0: That's ridiculous. song. thank you so much for the sub. That's so very kind of you. And I saw yours too, Veronique, beforehand, before we went live. Uh, thank you so much as well. It's very, very kind of all of you. Oh, goodness. Uh, okay. You're at
4: seven titles now.
0: We need to come up with more titles
3: for everyone. I've, I've been. I've decided I'm not going to add more. I'm just going to replace old ones. Yep. So, you know, it won't get too unmanageable. TPK, oh, where's
0: the fun in that? tpk right after right after a long break would be anticlimactic but i am true to the dice i will not fudge except you know nah, i won't fudge i'm not gonna happen it's not gonna happen i almost feel guilty for ashley though ashley's the only one i feel guilty for but that's because steven kills her half the time so it's, it's, <laughs> it's <not anything. laughs> that was like one time all right so she's lost what three characters is that right ashley three four not- no, I think you lost. You lost three. One of them you voluntarily. One of left. them,
4: yeah, she left. Yeah, but three have died.
0: Two of them, okay, my fault. She sure. lost four. She lost four, so a quarter max. But only two of them are my fault. The other two are your guys' fault. So you know, uh, I
4: have to say, Dina, I give credit to Aaron for that one. And I mean, Stephen yeah. did <laughs> take
0: the drugs. He's the one who did. That's it. true. Diesel so, shot. Uh, but-
3: Thank you. Thank you for the raid.
0: <laughs> Welcome.
3: If you keep going back steps, you can find someone else guilty. Jeff, you invited me onto the stream in the first place. So. <laughs> it's all my fault. Yeah, that's what we it did. Means. Take
1: the job to begin with. Yep, it's Elaine's fault for dying, and that's why Rena was there in the first place.
3: It
0: all goes back to my friend Ryan when I was sixteen in high school, and uh, he invited me to come play vampire with him after we were playing it Magic comes at the back Gathering to
4: vampires. You know,
0: and I had no idea what I was getting into. <laughs> And then twenty years later, I finally played another GROPG because I didn't know what was happening. I was so confused. All right, let's uh, let's dive in. We are um, yeah, we are on a little bit of a cliffhanger. So let's go. Let's 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 summarize this. So for the better part, I'm not going to go all the way back to the very beginning because that's 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 ridiculous. But we're going to do more recently. So for the better part of autumn, in the start of winter, you all have been journeying to Angmar. Uh, and you have been—you are specifically in search of a place known as Othringol, uh, at the behest of Lady Ortolos of Forlorn, who is your your new patron. Uh, many of the elves of Forlorn, when you were visiting there, you learned were were veterans of the Angmar war, and Ortolos specifically. Uh, was sort of a a battle commander, Uh, had a small sort of contingent of elves themselves. And they were sent during the latter stages of that war with Angmar, when when the forces of light were sort of encroaching upon Angmar and kind of taking it all out completely. This is after the Battle of Fornost and everything like that. Uh, But Ortolos uh, led them into the mountains of Angmar. And they were tasked with finding a specific fortress, this sort of rumored fortress called Arthur said to be inhabited by some sort of sorcerers of Angmar, that kind of thing. And in a private moment when you all were meeting with her uh, when you were in Forland about a month and a half ago or so, uh, she divulged to the party that she remembered finding the entrance somewhere in the mountains um, south of the fordway. Way. And she remembered this kind of strange rune-covered door and confronting various denizens of Angmar, et cetera, et cetera but she confessed that she didn't really remember much else, right? She doesn't really remember a whole lot about exploring the place and only that her contingent did actually return at some point. And she always presumed that her mission was a success. So even worse, she kind of revealed that there were other elves uh, within Forlond who are also having that same sort of strange struggle with thought and memory and dream, which were all kind of starting to blend together with each other. And so they they were collectively having this sort of gap in their memory, which seemed very peculiar considering the nature of elves and how memory works. Now, the party, you all accepted this mission, uh, and you started journeying back from Linden, from Forlorn. Uh You traveled first to the Breelands. Uh, you had a very odd encounter, a very dangerous encounter, in fact, uh, near the, near Greyhavens, but eventually you made it back uh, to the Breelands. Uh, Floyd got married to a, to a fairy near, uh, near, near the Shire, and uh, you made it back to Bree specifically and to Qum. And then eventually you, after recruiting Marambem and Talandil to, to your party uh, to come with you and failing to get all um, oh, that other guys whose name I completely forgot right now. I didn't write it down. But you know who I'm talking about, the guy with the dogs. You couldn't get him. The six of you started traveling north up the greenway towards Fornos. But before you reached Fornos, you started kind of curving northeasternly. You took this valley between the North Downs and the Weather Hills. Gilly, you shot a dog in the ass, uh, and that pissed off a couple sickly folk who apparently had some kind of uh, settlement nearby. Later on, uh, Floyd fell off a cliff as the mist started to roll in. And you guys were wandering about the sort of southwestern portions of Rudauer, or at least the the, the realm of Rudauer that once was. And eventually, you found this keep that emerged atop a hill. You started exploring it, and you discover that there's this giant cluster of spiders, or cluster of giant spiders, I should say, that had made the keep home. You, you managed to fight them off, use some fire, some steel, etc. And eventually, you were able to flee the keep without too much uh, unnecessary damage. Later on in the travels and the journey to Dangmar, uh, a few days later, you start seeing some strange lights at, the, at, at nighttime. Uh, on top of these hills nearby, and this led to the discovery of this stacked stone edifices, uh, these dark and very watchful birds that almost seemed like they were washing you all specifically, and a small cart that was being pulled uh, by an emaciated mule. And when Sorendir went to check on this, discovered that there was a dead woman uh, that was in the back of the cart, this old sickly woman. He had a very strange moment with her as well. Eventually, I think he killed the mule, a kind of a mercy killing, and returned to the group. You all continued to travel. You got basically right to the edge of Angmar, the southern edge where Rudauer becomes Angmar, so to speak, or nearabouts, and you came across this frozen pond. In the center of it stood this once very glorious-looking elk of some kind. You saw that its its antlers were, were painfully broken, and when you got even closer, you realized it had a bunch of wounds, and the inside of those wounds were these engorged ticks that had been eating away at this frozen carcass. That's when the ice cracked. Ireneal, I think it was, who fell into the water. Floy went after her. The two of you were in this this cold, icy water. And that's where these these hands of of, a, of some sort of sunken or drowned race were reaching up and trying to pull you down. All of you managed to get away safely. You survived. You saw more of those dark dark uh, birds that were on a nearby tree, kind of flickering, fly off, and eventually you got back together. You pushed forward, northeasternly into these snow blown winds, these this dead realm of Angmar, and that's where we left up left off. So what I've asked you all to do, we're gonna pick up, we'll say, probably within about two, two days or so. It's so been about two or three days since that incident. The dead elk, the dark birds, the frozen waters, Floy, renewal, you can still kind of feel colder than you probably should because you can still every now and then you find little ice crystals somewhere hidden in the folds of your clothes. It might've been longer than two or three days. It's hard to really tell actually. Uh, Maybe it's even been a week. You're not really sure. The sun barely reaches this place. There are moments when it does, but even when it does manage to sort of sneak through that ever present gray overhead, it doesn't really provide much warmth and that light is very, very fleeting. So it's very dark and most of you have trouble kind of moving around in this, this darkness. The six of you, Merinbem, Tallandil, are there with you. You've been moving around the southern edges of Angmar. You've been looking for a way to cross. It is an unforgiving expanse that you see before you when you're even able to see an expanse as there's cold mists and snow and wind, there's jagged peaks, some of which seem natural others, ruins of watchtowers or fortresses that were torn apart long ago you you see long shadows, darker than shadows you find in other parts of the world and whenever you linger too close to them perhaps it's your imagination perhaps it's not, whispers begin to sort of creep into your ears, into your minds. More than once, you've seen groups of orcs or trolls clad in strange furs, armors periodically patrolling about. More than once, you've heard the sound of something very large overhead, leathery wings, maybe? Watched a faint shadow glide across the icy ground. You see it crash into a nearby mountainside or cliffside, and moments later, ice and rock come tumbling to the ground. You all are, have not been here for very long, but the journey itself has been lengthy. It's been several weeks of travel and you're ending it by reaching Angmar and now having to cross this place. So really briefly as a way to just sort of get ourselves into the mood, can each of you describe a moment or two? these first few days ever since that icy pond with the elk can you describe your first something that happened could be could be a struggle you faced it could be a near miss you experienced dark thoughts that have been getting into your mind as this place weighs down upon you and maybe even what's helped you through it so uh does anybody want to volunteer to
2: go first yeah i can start up all right, Floy. Let's do it. So, last time we were near Angmar was when we were hunting down the orc band.
0: Rotags. Rotag.
2: Yeah. yeah. And last time I was here, I heard whispers when I saw a dark tree and birds as well. So, I get doubts in my head. Maybe the whispers are lingering, the shadows still around. So, I'm wandering around with that newly gifted shell I got from Lady Artorlos. Put that up to my ear. It reminds me of the warm pools that I was in. Sort of bring me back. Okay. Uh, and
0: and as you you know, as we see, like like cinematic, we just see like this this dwarf clad in like furs, the glint of mithril periodically shining through whether it's Gilly's torch or lantern light or Floy, your own torchlight or somebody else's is like every now and then that, that, that shiny gleam of the freshly cleansed Mithril that you wear, that shirt, that very old shirt, the peculiar blacksmith signature on it. And it is Honestly, one of the brighter bits of light that you see, because even your torches and your lanterns, they just feel like they're just not giving off the type of aura that you would expect them to. But for some reason, whenever any of you are near Floyd, whenever he's sort of readjusting his furs or his coats and part of those those rings of Mithril catch the light, there's that 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 tiny sense of of brightness that comes out. Who would like to go next?
3: Yeah, I can go. All right. So this has been a time of very tough choices for Sorendir. He is an elf that is used to having things a certain way. He doesn't enjoy eating the flesh of animals. He has been uh, foraging for berries and roots this entire time. But as the snow gets thicker... Uh, that foraging becomes harder and harder. Also, he's been trying to resist. We brought a lot of uh, fur cloaks with us to prepare against the weather, and he's been trying to resist wearing those as well, hoping that his fine elvish cloak would be enough. But the weather is getting so bad that it's just the the cold is getting to him. And probably a few days too late, he finally broke down and started wearing an extra cloak on top. And he hasn't fully recovered. Uh, there might be like beginning stages of a frostbite here and there on fingertips. Nothing that can't go away with time, but it's already set in. And no matter how many cloaks he wears at this point, it's not going to go away until he gets truly warm. And with that, frustration pushing him, he actually uh, set a few snares one day and killed a rabbit to uh, bring food for the party. He's not proud of himself, but at the end of the day, we do need sustenance.
0: And even the... even the hair that you grab, this, this poor snow rabbit, snow hair, is... Even that is somehow thinned, lacks the type of the meat that you would probably expect to find if you were in the southern lands. There's no greenery here, really. Like there's bushes and things that are still clinging, but most of them are dark. And you can see that they're they're losing their fruit, they're losing their leaves, and it just they looks like these brambles at this point. These snows are kind of, you know, these snow hairs are moving about But even those are are so emaciated that when you start to prep them, there's so little meat popping off here and there. You have rations left over, but you're trying to be as judicious as you can because you do have to do, presumably, a return journey. And maybe at night as you're you're cooking, you have your fire out, you find some place where you can keep the the light from going too far. You don't want to draw too much attention to yourselves. You look at your fingers, like there's like discoloration there. You can start to see like the cuticles and stuff like you're saying. Who would like to go next?
4: Ken.
0: All right, Gilly, go for it.
4: So Gilly has a list of all of the people that we've met along our travels who have impacted us in some way. And... She uses that to remind herself of, of what she's fighting for, but she's had a lot of doubts. Um, she's had for a while, ever since um, we found out about Floyd's betrayal, uh, it's, it's lingered for a while. And it's gotten better ever since we got his, his mithril um, purified, I guess you could say. But she still has doubts in herself at this point. Cause there's a lot of times at critical moments where she couldn't pull through or hit something with her bow and arrow because she panicked. And um, so she just spends a lot of time reminding herself that she's not, even if she's not as great as she'd like to be, she's improving and she's doing it to help others. And um, oftentimes you'll find her clutching her pearl uh, as like a sense of like security
0: yeah, the, the Calabrian, and, mm-hmm. or Calabrian. Even that, which you've noticed that whenever you use it, there is a tendency for it to kind of illuminate, like ever ever so mm-hmm. faintly. It's not like it glows extraordinarily brightly, but it does have a noticeable glow once you use it when you're focusing, reading through certain lore, or when you're trying to apply your medicine skills to help someone else or even yourselves, maybe wrapping You know, a cut or two, nothing too. Mm -hmm. But even that seems dimmed here. All light in this area seems dim. You know, all of you were here a year ago. But when you were here, winter hadn't hit. But circumstances have made it so that by the time you all arrived at Angmar, winter had swept in. And although it's early stages, it's still, you can see snow is sideways. You're getting pelted in the face with ice. There's no day that there's no day that goes by without a fall of some kind. Mhm. Every day is colder than the day before it. And so every day to come you're dreading that next drop in temperature. And everything hurts more, even though there's like this numbness that happens. And when you sit down at the fire at the evening, like on the one hand, there's warmth, but on the other hand, that numbness goes away and all of the day's travels and cuts and bruises and strains suddenly become instantaneously noticeable all at once. And it causes sleep to be more difficult in some ways. And then in the morning when you wake, it's not you're not as refreshed as you were the day before. So every day, it just seems to get worse and worse. And then you add into the fact that all of this time you've spent looking for a path across Mm -hmm. last year when you were here, you on the Eastern side, the very outskirts of Angmar itself, you very much skirted and went through Mount Grom. You were kind of starting to to go into the direction of Mount Gundabad, but here you are going almost directly down sort of the center of this dead realm And again, there are multiple times when you see the remains of of old structures that were long ago torn down. others that look, you think at times, to perhaps be in construction or repair. You are not near Karn Doom, but once or twice at night when the wind just dies down. And for 10, maybe 20 minutes, the snow abates. You can kind of look off in the distance to the northwest, and you swear sometimes, Gilly. You swear. You see the contours of something in this in, in the far distance. Like it's not mountains you're seeing, but something something more rigid. The lines too perfect, and a light might come on. And then the winds kick up, the storm sets in, and you lose it. Might be your imagination, might be real, but it is there. And finally we go to our ranger. How has Arinial been handling these first few days?
1: So Arinial has definitely been struggling, uh, you know, being the one of the two that was in, you know, underwater, uh, that was definitely uh not, not a good uh, start there. I would say that Arhenial would be spending time with Maribem because she has spent some time kind of in mountainous areas and you know, not obviously this far. Um but really trying to keep her her athletics and kind of hunting um, skills sharp and especially kind of trying to acclimate to like the snow and kind of the loss of vision and those pieces. So that's kind of what I imagine her doing is kind of moving around with Bem and just trying to get any kind of tips from her about kind of maneuvering the more mountainous snowy areas.
0: So I would say there's two notes to this first. You notice that she seems more despondent than she'd been prior. She's been away from Angmar for, or the, this area, at least it's not, it's not her exact ranging. uh, I would say her, her ranging territory. Like Mm -hmm. you're a little bit further West. You imagine, based upon what you've learned, that probably somewhere to the west of you or to the southwest of you, whatever keep it is that Lottie has been rumored to have been holed up in is likely you've probably got closer to it than you've ever been. You might have even passed by it at some point during the sort of the last stretches of the Dark Hills of Rudaur. But you notice that the further away you've gotten from Bree... From their newfound home, Bem and Talendale's home in the northern, deeper parts of the Chetwood. She's become more despondent again. And you've seen trolls. You've seen things moving about. Sometimes you've had to stealthily move past them. Other times you've just waited and watched them cross or climb up a mountain ridge. Some are recognizable. You see a cave troll and its enormity... Kind of scurry out from a large cave opening, kind of snatch up some sort of critter moving about some poor unfortunately timed critter, and then you see it scramble back in other times <laughs> you see unfamiliar trolls with a kind of a blue white tone to them. maybe she you know says snow trolls of some kind the Icy wastes, the forward Waste, which extends to the north beyond the mountains of Angmar, all manner of creature that no one really is aware of. Sometimes they, they migrate southward. Sometimes she sees them. But even when she's talking to you, you can tell there's a distance to it. Like she's she's thinking like her mind is drifting and, and she's starting to like kind of retreat back into that same kind of hardened iciness that she had to survive this place when she was here. And The second thing you notice is that Talendil is struggling. Remember, he has been recovering from a fairly horrific injury. Yeah, uh, yeah. Over in he four and he was struggling hours. even back home. And now, as the as the the cold, I mean, you all are young, and you feel your joints. You feel your wounds begin to make themselves known, especially when you, again, when you sit down at the fire and everything thaws momentarily. You can only imagine. He, you can tell, is doing his best. He never complains once, at least not intentionally. He'll utter a grunt every now and then. You'll see him stumble, never ask for help. But you can tell. You're, all of you can probably tell. But he is struggling nonetheless. And so as these these days, if you've been probing along the southern edge, looking for a way across, and each time you think you find something suitable, an obstacle erupts in your path. It could be suddenly 20 orcs clad in some sort of furs and strange armor that have made camp. You have to backtrack your way. It could be a expanse of of ice over top of a pond or a lake that you thought was hardened ground, and then the cracks begin to radiate from it, your memory of the the dark waters, Floy and Arena teaches you to return. And so constantly you're probing and you're looking across. So we're gonna treat this as you try to cross cross Angmar as a skill endeavor. The the resistance is going to be nine. Oh dear. that's daunting the time limit is also going to be nine now this is not going to be easy uh so there's there's two things to consider if you don't complete this in the time it takes you to cross then we're going to restart it and that's kind of how this is going to work is this is a war of attrition as you're crossing this icy terrible dead land and not only that but because it's winter time when you arrived all your roles during this skill endeavor will be minus 1d6 penalty. Had you gotten here a month and a half earlier, okay. that penalty wouldn't exist. <laughs> now, fortunately, you all have you have fate on your side, I suppose, in the form of audience participation. Yes, yeah, we have
1: a very generous. I still that think
0: they've expired us. personally, like curdled milk, <laughs> uh, but uh, Melissa insists that we have some left over. We do. So remember also that you have Talandil and Merrimben. And with our little homebrew rule, you're welcome to tap into them for an extra bonus die. But they basically can only be used like once per round. So once per four checks or something like that. And so you can use either one of them or you can use them both at the same time. So each one of them will provide you an extra die. All you have to do is describe how this comes into play. So... I will turn it over to you. It's been three, maybe four, maybe five days. Who knows? You just, you just begin to lose count. You know you've slept a certain amount of days or tried to, but whether or not the days have passed the way you think they have, it's so much harder to tell. Sunrise and sunset, the day, the color is so various shades of gray. It's almost hard to tell the difference. And some days it snows so hard and the ice comes sideways that you don't even want to open your eyes lest you lose, lose sight for a more permanent variety. So, who would like to take the lead on trying to cross? I can start us off. All right, Floy. What do you want to try to do as you push out in front? Tell everyone to follow you.
2: So throughout the blizzard and pretty much just gray and white—that's all we've seen. I'll do my best to scan just the environment for any signs of like color openings. Okay. Just a- Path through. You're looking for something hidden, right? Mm-hmm. Scan is the idea of finding
0: that which is not immediately visible. It's finding a hidden, hidden path, uh, something like that. All right. Uh, go ahead and roll it. Unless you wanted to add mount, uh, Talon Dealer Maribam, take a minus one just because of how much more difficult visibility is because of the winter storms.
2: I have this at favored, so I'll just roll it as is. Okay. let see. Nine... 615 out
0: of 15 so just got it barely got it okay so and you've all been skirting around the southern edges and there are these these sharp violent peaks some of them are aren't very tall but you can see like it's almost as if like this wind-blown sweep of you know sweep of crystal and causing these strange spikes in these different directions it has a look that is just uninviting, unwelcoming entirely. But as you're skirting around what looks like this miles-long stretch of these sharp hills. Floy hills mountains. This is it's cold surely. The the rock here is darker and the mood is certainly more somber. But a mountain is a mountain, a hill's a hill, and you're a dwarf. And you find a path. Now, when I say path, I don't mean it's not—you know—it's not like it's been paved in any particular way. Perhaps it's just a mountain goat path or some kind, or something that happens to be treaded by uh, by groups of of trolls or orcs that have maybe maybe kind of trailblazed to some degree. But for the first time in a while, you find a northeasternly switchback it goes up and around some of these spikes that you've been moving about. Manages to bypass. When you look off to the west, a camp filled with orcs. You can you can smell the sound like that. You can smell something cooking there, something foul and odorous. You could hear their guttural chants as you are looking down on them. The smoke from their fires is wafting up. And we see, as you all kind of tread very carefully, the six of you, your ponies, as you're just skirting by, once or twice we see a tiny little rock crumble off the side and just fall down into the smoke that's billowing up, and it lands, and everyone pauses for a moment. Hold your breath. Your heartbeats just pause as well. You don't hear any disruption to the reverie that's happening below. And you continue forward. And as you... Glide down The northeastern side of this This collection of sharp hills You realize for the first time In days You've made progress uh, So one success So
3: Good uh, job, Floyd Yeah I think Sorendeer Would like to Make sure that we get through With as little uh, activity as possible, with as few people noticing us as possible. So I think Sorendeer would like to be. Uh, Floy is like scanning out the path, and Sorendeer would go a little bit further ahead to like make sure that loose rocks are out of the way, uh, branches are out of the way, anything that would make a lot of noise. And then I would like to use Merimblem to cover our tracks at the back of the group. She would be trying to, you know, whatever hoof prints the ponies leave behind, she would cover them to the best of her ability, try to brush them. And I'd like to use stealth if I can.
0: That sounds great. Um, one thing I wanted to remind everyone, if you roll an Eye of Sauron, please let me know. <laughs> so yep. Sorinder, you you pitch your idea to Marimben. She, again, has that sort of... She has a distant look on her eyes. You now, she listens to you. You can tell she's listening to you. And she's even looking at you. But at the same time, you feel like her eyes are looking at something else. They're looking through you or past you, beyond. And she just kind of numbly says, I will do this, Elf. I will, I will hide our tracks. I will search for any dangers that linger behind us. You have my word.
3: Go ahead and roll. Uh, I'd like to use an audience dice too, as well. Okay. Really trying to it stack two. it in my favor here. Fair Just enough. one. Okay. Oh, and it's good that I did. Uh, so that is. What's three successes? Uh, three extraordinary. Success
0: I think it's extraordinary. extraordinary. If I yeah, it's That's extraordinary.
4: what I get. Extraordinary. Nice. Very nice.
3: That's very,
0: very good, as that will, in fact... Uh, so that's three successes? Okay, so that will actually make great progress. A, Okay. So, you begin stealthing ahead. And every now and then you cycle back to ensure that the rest of the party knows which route you came. Or maybe you make small marks along the way that they follow. More than once, you bypass, again, more lingering enemy. You can see these, these kind of very pale, red-eyed wolves that you almost don't even see at first as they blend in so perfectly with the snow that just whips past you. You see these large silhouettes in the distance with your eyes, and you realize there are these trolls that have they're kind of carrying these massive beams on their shoulders. you see them being led by small smaller figures and all you can kind of see is the silhouette as the the wind and the snow are kind of obscuring any any depth or any color and you realize at one point as the wind kind of dies down ever briefly, you see that they are all leading towards what looks like some kind of in-construction watchtower. It's probably about a story and a half high, and it looks like there's the the inner scaffolding for like a second and third story. There seems to be some stonework that's already been completed along the bottom base. And there's some sort of strange contraption, some pulley system that has been set up. And like there's this other large troll that's kind of pushing and pushing and pushing. And that's managing to let one of these large beams get taken all the way up to the top. It's probably about a mile away. And that momentary that momentary kind of blend of, or I should say the momentary absence Of that sideways ice and snow. Kind of allows you to see it. But then quickly it's kind of again obscured. And you realize you found a way that you could just bypass this entirely. Your stealth has managed to kind of lead the party through it if you like. Okay. Who would like to go next?
4: Uh, Gilly wants to keep an eye out for danger. And she's gonna recruit Talendel to help her. Okay. And then uh, I'm gonna tap into my distinctive feature, keen-eyed.
0: So, are you you're just looking for danger?
4: Yeah, we're looking out for uh, any uh, like pitfalls, maybe that we could fall into. Uh, any creatures that might try and attack the party. Okay. So,
0: Uh, take a minus two then, Uh, since since you're not actually doing anything to progress forward, and it's more just along the lines of kind of uh, augmenting along the way. In order for this to count towards like the progression of the resistance, it's going to be even harder.
4: I got a 17 with two sixes, so great success.
0: Okay. Yeah, you guys are never going to die, apparently. Never going to fail. Okay. Along the way, you find... You and Talendil get separated, actually. you The two of you kind of drift off. And part of it was because there was this strange pit in the ground. And... You kind of had to sort of bypass it to to, to to prevent it from falling. You're not sure what the pit was for. If you come close to it with your, such, with your great success, you can see that the pit is actually lined. It's not natural. Like There's oh. this stonework that seems to be dipping into the ground. And then kind of bypass it a bit. It's probably about 15 feet in diameter. You in town, they'll continue to sort of move around, and you find another one, and then another one, and then another one. You all in total find about a dozen of these. They almost look like wells in some, in some stretch without okay. sort of the top part. You can see that steam is rising up from them. And it's almost tempting for a moment to kind of linger and just get some warmth. That just so happens to be coming up from below. And as the two of you kind of linger, you certainly feel suddenly this sense of Solitude. And you look around, and you see no sign of anybody else. That's when you notice the steam from these pits is beginning to grow thicker and thicker and thicker to the point where you're you're struggling to find sight of anything. Mm -hmm. You and Talon are right next to each other. That's an issue. He turns to you, and you can see that he's got this for the first time in a while, sweat kind of starting to appear on his brow. Like, and it's actually dripping in some way. It almost feels extraordinarily hot all of a sudden here. What do you want to do?
4: Uh, we we need to get away from that. So, uh, maybe Gilly and Talendal will have to backtrack.
0: Okay. So, you start to, to backtrack. A little bit, and you find on the ground as you're, you're you're going past some of these these wells, for instance, and you find on the ground that like, there's this this tether, this rope, this thick, thick rope weaved together it's like you can't even get your whole hand around it it's that thick series of knots and such, and it seems to dip down into this sort of steam vent. It's coming up out of the ground, and you can tell that at the at the far end, on the opposite side of that big, chunky knot, it looks as though that thick, dark rope has frayed, as if something has, has cut, not cut, I should say, but ripped itself free, or ripped itself apart. Not so much. It's not a clean cut. And then with your high awareness, you also notice that ground around you. You see some extraordinarily large footprints, paw prints, hard to make out exactly what they are. And as the steam is still beginning to swirl, you hear (laughs) this slow gait as there's something very large moving about in the steam. And it starts to make the ground vibrate a little bit as you as you're standing there.
4: Oh great. Uh yeah. Uh Gilly wants to stealthily just get further away from whatever this is.
0: Yeah, go ahead and roll that stealth. And I will roll something as well.
5: Great.
3: Jeff didn't like that we were beating his skill challenge, so he's throwing us into combat.
4: And I got, I passed with a 19, and I've got two successes. Okay. Two sixes.
3: I
0: genuinely don't know how to challenge you guys anymore within the framework of the rules of the game, especially when we take into account, like, all the player bonus dice and stuff like that. I generally don't know how to challenge you guys. And it's interesting how it coincided with us turning into physical dice. I find that curious.
1: Not everybody's gone yet.
0: Gilly.
1: I haven't balanced out yet.
0: You and Talendale manage to slip away. You do not, however, catch sight of what this thing is. But eventually you hear the sounds of like Floyd or Arrheniel or Sorendere. Gilly. Talendale. Kind of whispering. And you're able to work your way back to the group who are waiting for you.
4: Both Gilly's and Ashley's hearts are currently in the bottom of my stomach (laughs) to be fair.
0: Okay. And Arineal comes to you.
1: Uh, So Arineal is wanting to try to of track. I'm going to use the word track twice, but basically kind of follow tracks that are in the area because there's movements of like these trolls and and, um, just kind of different things. And so like if they are moving around in this area, then perhaps there are like paths that we could kind of follow that... Like, we kind of know where they're going. Maybe if they've, you know, kind of gone in a particular direction, maybe we can kind of use that information as we're trying to move. So, like, I'm thinking hunting because I'm kind of, like, tracking.
0: Okay. Yeah, that sounds great. If that
1: that works. Um, All right. So, other assistance has been used. So, I would normally have, okay, so this is at favored for me. I would normally have two dice. It's a minus one. So I'll take the other one to do it square. So then it's a two, two D six and two D 12. Uh, that is 10 and four. Yep, that is a, yeah. I needed a 13 and I rolled a 14. Okay. No extra, extra anything.
0: Okay, so you specifically said you're hunting, so you're looking for like tracks and things like that. Yes, trying to exactly. Hear. Okay. At a certain point, the uh, the mist that's around here kind of suddenly gets a bite to it, and you feel like the wind is suddenly whipping with this velocity that it hadn't been prior. And it's like these minuscule bits of glass or ice are hidden amongst that mist, and it's just starting to rip through all your skin, tarnishing your armor clothing dimming your 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 torchlight or your or your your lantern light and you also start to notice ano that on your on anything metal that's exposed, whether it's your your armor your buckles whether it's your your sword or your hilt, all of it gets this kind of strange and almost accelerated growth of like rust. But it's not that that earthy brown, orange rust. It's got this sort of appearance of of blue. And you're not sure if it's been there this whole time or if it's just now that you're noticing it as you're bracing from it. And as you kind of keep your head down to the ground, bracing your eyes, from getting hit with those tiny little piercings, you do in fact notice that there are several large troll tracks, you would call them. You can tell just from the size, number of digits, those types of things. And then you hear like the sounds of, of kind of these, these guttural voices And because you've done so well, you you see the tracks and you are able to pause. And then that mist with all that sudden acceleration from the wind dies down. And you're able to quickly put up your, your fist as you notice about 30 feet ahead. There are three large trolls. That same kind of icy blue complexion. And you see like different sort of adornments on them furs mm. and other not leathers but something you're not sure some sort of skin in fact discolored skin being worn and it almost looks like they're they're hunting or they're looking for something and they have these kind of huge huge spears made out of well you're not really sure exactly what as the the blades at the very end are this sort of blood-stained white. They're kind of curved. And the shafts themselves, you think, might even just be stone for all, all you know. But you see that they're kind of doing sort of the same thing you were. And had you not noticed the actual tracks in the ground,
5: mm-hmm.
0: you might have just stumbled right into them. But now they're right behind you, and you can see them up ahead, and you kind of hold the fist up, and everyone's quickly crunches down. And there they are in front of you. And you can see one or two of them is like, fff, 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 as they start sniffing at the air. What do you want to do?
1: Uh, so I will kind of, as silently as I can, you know, you know, kind of turn around to everyone and just kind of point under brush. And so, like, Orinial will, you know, kind of go and just try to get us because they are, you know, kind of point to them, you know, that they are looking around. And so, try to get everybody kind of hidden under something.
0: Okay. Everyone sees it. Uh, Orinial, go ahead and roll a stealth test or something like that. Or everyone can roll a stealth test, I should say. Everyone roll one.
3: Uh, is this still at the minus one?
0: Yeah, everything you do here. It's actually, no, since one. this is a stealth, I wouldn't actually penalize you for this, now that I think about it.
3: Okay. Uh, do I get the bonus for using my cloak?
2: That's fine.
4: That's
3: a fail.
2: Got an 11, which is a fail. Okay, that's two fails.
4: Uh, I pass with a 15.
2: Okay, did
0: you get any extra successes?
4: Uh, Just one six.
0: Just one so you succeeded, and you have a, a six on the die.
4: Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Okay,
0: so you can give one of those to Floy or Reneal to help them pass. Sorendir?
3: Uh, extraordinary success. So I've got two successes I can hand over to anyone who needs them.
0: So as this, one of these these creatures this sort of really sort of long, but at the same time wide snout, and calling it a snout is probably more accurate than calling it a nose, is is sniffing at the air. Sornder, you look over and you see Floy, who's hiding behind a rock, and it's probably not visible. But at the same time, you do a little, and you can kind of smell the dwarf. And you take your cloak and you just sweep it over top of him as well. And the two of you huddle down behind this rock. And you could hear the like some strange language that doesn't even makes sense to you like these these monosyllabic responses and after after a a tense five ten minutes as they kind of close and they wander around you see them begin to disappear off to the east as if they've caught scent of something else and are no longer within your view
3: as i'm like huddled up with floy and i've got the cloak over both of us we're like basically cheek to cheek at this point floy You still smell like fairy.
2: This is the warmest I've we'll ever be been up. since we've been up here.
0: Okay. So y'all are doing pretty well. Uh, resistance is down to two times down to five. Uh, so you should be able to knock this out pretty easy. Again, if anyone rolls an eye of summer, please let me know. I know that you guys never will. Uh, Cause you cheat. Uh, but if any of you happen to feel guilty about lying all the time, and want to explain how you will deny silence, just let me know. And I will make bad things happen to everybody else, but you. <laughs> oh no. you'll you'll receive a bonus <laughs> for being honest. All right. So you all have been traveling for we'll call it maybe three more days. These events have all been sort of scattered over the course of these couple of days. And you find yourselves when the light is right, when the wind is down you can see the mountains of Angmar to the northeast. Not only that, but Gili, you can now confirm. Off to the northwest, there is, in the far distance, very far distance, there is a structure that, at first, blends in with the slopes. But every now and then, you can see some sort of bright, strange kind of blue-green light Almost like it's glowing, emerges, and it's not for long, it's for very, very short intervals, and then it dies out again but you're you're confident at this point that it wasn't just your imagination, like you see uh-huh. it now
4: does the color of the light remind me of the fires on the black ships, like kind of like the ghost green fires
0: uh sure, yeah, I mean I would say it's not it's definitely not dissimilar
4: okay
0: yeah but it, it certainly doesn't have like the kind of an orange yellow red glow of your own lantern which is struggling struggling yeah. something fierce all right what you guys like to do
4: it's a really good question does anybody have any ideas of what they want to do
0: No uh, to progress this forward. So yeah. like, I would like to do
3: a lore test now. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I honestly I looked at it and I'm like, how can I make lore work for me?
0: <laughs> <So> <laughs> <much>. <laughs>
1: what are the things that we're, we're good
0: at? So I looked up in this encyclopedia. All right. What are we thinking?
3: Jeff, could I sing a song? quietly to lift our spirits to make traveling through this horrible area easier.
0: I'll tell you what, if you roll that check, it will not progress nor will not, it won't progress the, the the skill endeavor. It won't reduce the time limit. But if you succeed, perhaps I might let everyone regain a hope.
3: I'm pretty full on hope, so I don't know if I want <laughs> to to help others and then bam
0: (laughs) it's not gonna help
3: me okay I'll do it I'll do it I'll do it I'll do it uh still minus one though right Mm mhm
0: it's a very dreadful place
1: it's Uh, awful you all have gone right
0: you've all gone right yes okay yeah we all went once
3: then I get to do something
0: uh -hmm. so I rolled
3: exactly a 14 which is what I needed for a single success okay
0: you uh you hear this this low voice kind of come out amidst the wind, and then it kind of cuts through that heavy, icy wind, and you realize it's Sore and Deer singing. What is it about, Stephen? What are you singing about?
3: A good question. Let me look here. Uh, I am singing Amandarthana Linen. Nugalad Hen Phyreb, why do I linger and sing under this fading light?
0: For whatever reason, all of you feel a, a warmth not unlike that you felt when you were in Forlond and the breeze from the coast would hit you at just the right moment of the day. All of you who need to can recover a hope. You feel your spirits lifted. It's been super easy crossing Angbar. Super easy, barely an inconvenience. No trouble whatsoever. Really fun.
3: Who would like to go next?
1: We are all very, very scared and anxious.
3: Yeah, I think it feels easier for you than it does for us. Yeah,
1: it feels absolutely
0: frightening. Well, once that singing is done, you all suddenly hear a very terrible and sudden clap from overhead. Almost like thunder. And as you were all taking, we'll say, You know, a moment, a moment's pause, middle of the day, near some sort of edifice, uh, like a cliff face to help break some of the coldness of the wind coming at you. You hear this sudden and terrible clap from overhead and you hear sounds like wings of some kind, like almost like a bird's, but not not quite. The the frequency is not right. The there's a leathery quality to them. And then you hear another another crash or a clap. And as you're sitting there listening to Soar and Deer sing, something begins to fall down from the sky. You look up and you can only see above you this gray fog that seems about twenty feet high. And falling through that fog and just kind of landing as if raining down on you like hail. Are chunks of ice and stone. And then you hear the sounds of something kind of clambering around on the wall. You hear, like, and more of that stuff begins to rain down. And soon it just becomes this sort of wash of rock and ice as something is climbing above you. What do you guys want to do? I'll
3: stop singing.
1: Uh Arineal would like to uh try to get a higher uh, viewpoint um, to kind of get an eye on this. So she like athletics, she usually likes to try to climb um, whenever she can. So kind of trying to get a better uh, view on this additional, danger in our area and then a way that we can maybe get around without being viewed by it.
0: Go ahead and roll athletics.
1: All right. So this is favored. It is a, I would normally have three. I'm going to take one of these so that I can do it. Rate three. Well, there, that is an 11, which is a Sauron, and no sixes, uh, but it is a, uh, sorry, it's favored, so it's can ignore the summer run, thank goodness because it's favored so then it's a success no she just talks herself
3: into it she just talks herself into it i show my work. i thought you were taking the bribe at first melissa i was (laughs) worried so well
1: i rolled it i'm like well there's no sixes but there's an 11 over it is favored she just
3: talks us into like this she
0: gets us into this lull and i i I still have no idea if you succeeded or failed
1: (laughs) i succeeded with no extra successes
0: okay you climb up at a certain point, you can no longer see people below you. That's how thick the the fog gets when you're about 15 feet up,
5: mm-hmm.
0: and it's it's hard on your hands. You can feel yourself slip every now and then. You're doing this like with no ropes or anything. You're just doing like a free climb. It's relatively vertical, but it's a jagged enough wall that you've had plenty of handholds and footholds. As you get closer, you you can you start to hear that in addition to like some some of that sort of scratching and clambering sound, you hear. <laughs> hopefully that turns out well in the sound and as you, as you get a little bit closer you start to notice that there is a, protr- or like a protrusion on the wall you think at mm-hmm. first maybe it's like a jut of stone but then you realize it's moving get a little closer a little closer and suddenly things kind of Part ever so slightly, the wind, the, the the fog parts just enough, or you're close enough that you see a horrific creature that must be somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty feet, coiled in length, these sort of dark but somehow glistening perhaps with ice or wetness, these scales, you see these long arms. These claws at the end, and you see this sort of tattered webbing almost that seems to connect in the armpit of these arms. Not wings so much as like a like a webbed membrane. Mm. It has this extraordinarily long neck. Extraordinarily long. And you realize that like it's chewing on something. And you just see what looks like this big, thick, bloody leg of who knows what. Some animal you think, you think you see a hoof. And it's just... (laughs) It's got these bright, bright blue eyes that are just sort of... And they kind of roll back in its eyes, almost like pleasure from the bite. As Mm -hmm. blood Mm -hmm. just starts to drip down. Those of you below who were getting rained on but prior by rock and ice you now see little droplets of red blood start to show up on the ground on your packs, on your things and Irinial is not in sight and you saw her climb back up one second Arineal. I'm just going to roll something really just really fast
1: sure 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 sure, sure. I'm just going to hang out on the side of this little uh, cliff here and okay. uh, watch water dropping down As you're
0: as you're clinging, you're looking up. You see the head just sort of, just like suddenly starts to turn, almost impossibly so, like it's almost gonna snap its own neck. And then it kind of, in, in, in in a speed that you weren't expecting, does the same thing. And this time, it whips around so fast that you swear it's looking at you. You don't know if it can see you, but it's right in your direction. The crunching slows. At this point, I need you to roll a valor test.
1: Oh no! <laughs> oh goodness! <laughs> uh, 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 as these
0: piercing blue eyes are staring directly where you're at, whether it can tell you're there or not, you're not sure. But as the chewing slows, this chunk of animal flesh just drops, and just lands slap down in the middle of the group. <laughs> on kettle kettlegrass. <laughs> I'm oh no. There's it, ra- it was a random who's <laughs> just is smacks this... kettle grass and it's just just big chunk. It's like a it's 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 like this fleshy chunk of something that just drops to the ground.
1: Uh is the valor at a minus 1 also?
0: No, it's just straight up. So D12 and then a number of D6s equal to your valor score.
1: Okay. Well,
3: uh
1: you're you're, you're going to be thrilled. I uh, rolled a Sauron.
3: Oh, did you? I did. Okay, but it's favored.
0: <laughs> but it's favored, I and I have think... these seventy-two <laughs> extra dice that I rolled, and even though I rolled a two on all of them, that equals one hundred and forty-four. <laughs> and since it's November, that means everything I have is squared. So I actually rolled a three thousand and sixty-two. Is that a success? Ridiculous. Okay. So
1: Valor is heart. And so then the Sauron turns into a one. And so that is a fail.
0: Okay. So as it's kind of like its head whips back really quickly in your direction, it slows its chewing. It drops a chunk of flesh out of its mouth, which lands on Gilly below. Gilly, you muffle a yelp, perhaps. You can see its head begin to extend outward as it was again coiled prior. It almost looks like half snake, half lizard, and then it begins to slowly with these huge claws with again with the webbed that webbing underneath its arms begins to vertically, without despite its size, without it having any trouble, just climb. This slow crawl in the direction of you, Arineal. More of those chunks of rocks begin to fall. You start to now associate the sounds and what was falling, what was causing the fall. As this thing is slowly, and then more quickly, Arennial, as you kind of cower for a moment and you try to scramble down, you slip and you fall. As you said, you got an eye of on correct? I did. Okay. You slip. You fall. Gilly, you were just hit by this chunk of meat. There's droplets. Mm -hmm. All of you can now hear, more muted, the sounds of the crunching. More rocks are beginning to fall. And then just suddenly appearing out of the mist above you is a body, this shadowed body, just falling and slams against the ground. Take 10 points of endurance damage, Irineal. Oh. As you land with a thud. Yeah,
4: when Gilly Gilly. got hit with the carcass, she was like quickly checking to see if it was a renal or not.
0: And so you look over and you all see a renal flop down to the ground. A renal. I'm sure you're still up, but your breath just completely evacuates your chest. You can still hear the crunching. It slows above. It was moving really fast, but then you fell and then it slowed. You see... Like this swirling of the mist above, you hear that kind of leathery membrane between the arm and its side of this creature, this Drake. What do you guys
2: want to do? I'm going to run towards the radial. Just fell out of the tree. I'll help her up real quick. Okay. Just tell everyone we got to go. And just book it. Okay. Pick her up.
0: And you just start running.
1: And she's very quietly trying not to groan and just oh oh
0: mm-hmm. I'll say Sorendir, Marimbem maybe, maybe Gilly as well. You hear the sounds of something kind of slam against the ground, you look back behind you, and you can see this full creature that Arinial saw. And its neck it moves up almost like a snake coming up out of the grass. And it kind of bends itself back down and it creates this weird undulating shape with its neck. Where it, looks, it looks impossible in some ways. And it kind of looks around and you hear this like this this sort of you're not sure if it's a, if a hiss or a roar, you just hear these bright blue eyes piercing through the mist. But then, Gilly, you watch as it leans its head down, and that chunk of meat which bounced off of you, it scoops it up, and kind of, and it's in the in the sky, neck elongates, and it just, you see it, the meat goes down the throat, and you guys get away. Ooh. I dropped a a picture for you guys in the. And foundry of this thing, if you wanted to see it. Yeah,
3: yeah, I saw it. it yep. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy.
0: All right. You guys hustle oh, away. God. You rush for half an hour of just like running, you know, just full on sprinting, just stumble here and there, but eventually you slow, you look back, you realize you're not being followed. You've made noise, but you're not being followed at least. What would you guys like to do now? Because you still have two resistance left on this uh, skill As We've been breaking it here and there to do other things. What would you like to do?
3: Uh, so who hasn't gone this round?
0: I don't think anyone has gone this round. I think we've, we've interrupted some other RP. I don't think we've even done a round two yet.
4: Yeah, we're on th- round two.
1: Iridial just did athletics, so I think I may have been... The first to go the second oh i didn't i did my I,
0: song but that didn't really no count that didn't count right? the song didn't count
1: yeah i, I was assuming a athletics was
0: oh i thought you were just investigating the sound that's my bad
1: uh oh that's that's fine though like that can work too
0: okay so i would say any of you can go and don't and don't, and don't worry about it. like you, we do we do the skill endeavors with the idea of like everyone's participating but yeah. you don't have to <laughs> it's like that's not in the rules it's just what we do because yeah. it's more fun
1: everybody gets a chance uh,
0: to fail
3: I'd like to uh, be the rear guard as we continue on, uh, using awareness to make sure that this creature does not pick up our scent or anything like that.
0: Okay. So, I do think if you're rear guard and you're just trying to protect, I don't know if this is about progressing the push across, but it, I I would say what I'll enough, what I'll enough. do with this is that if you succeed. I'll eliminate the negative penalty on the next person to go. You know what I mean? Does that make sense?
3: Yeah. Uh, I already did one role play check, role play check though, with the song. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll pass on that and think of something else. Okay. So, All right.
2: Then after, you said we were running for like half an hour. Sure. I'll continue the pace, actually. Like, not really slowing down, even after hastily running from that creature. Mm-hmm athletics here, just keep pushing the pace through this okay. snow, this blizzard. So the idea of like,
0: even even as the ground begets more tumultuous, even as the, the wind's kicking up, even as people are getting tired, you're just pushing and you're shouting back, getting people to push. That's fine. Let's go ahead and do it.
2: I have three pips in this, but minus one for the winter. So I'm just rolling two. Let's do it.
0: But you have a very um. low requirement to hit your strength and strength's pretty good
2: yeah sword easy peasy Five, ten, eleven. 10 11 that's not enough what 5 10 11 yeah i just did the math okay
0: everyone does very interesting math on air when it happens live i'm always wondering what's exactly going on okay No, oh, that's not right. I already did that one. Okay. You're running. You get out and ahead of everybody. I mean, like dwarves might be natural sprinters. That's true, but also dwarves are very, very fortuitous. You're very, uh, you have a, a higher stamina perhaps than others. And you find yourself running and running and you, you don't even really pay attention so much to the people kind of slowly falling behind a little bit. And like, And like somebody who just happens to just keep running when everybody else is kind of giving up, you extend out a little bit further of everybody and you realize as you turn around that you can barely see the rest of your party. And it's then that you get to the edge and you have this momentary bout of horror as you're running along this this, this ridge of ice, and it gives out beneath your feet. You find yourself painfully tumbling down this slope. And it's not a cliff. It's just this slope, this rocky slope. And you just bam, bang, bang. Your mithril is certainly helping you. When you land, however, it's the perfect person for this to happen to, by the way. When you land amidst this depression, this sort of sunken area amidst some of these these ice ridges, you feel a surprising softness. In fact, everything is hard here, ice, rock. But when you land, there is a surprising softness and a warmth. And as you begin to push yourself up, you notice that there is a wetness too. Oh. And you look at your hands, check your beard, and you realize they are covered in blood and red. You have fallen onto the carcass of some very recent kill. So you start to get up. You're warm. You feel You feel this, this sense of warmth. And you look and you can realize that there's, there's other sounds as you're kind of getting some of the, the bushiness of your eyebrows out of your eyes. You're fixing your helmet, getting the blood out of your eyes a bit here and there. You hear something. <sighs> like this breathing kind of happening around you. And... You see these little rapid tufts of breath appear around you. When you look around, you realize that you have fallen in the midst of four very large white wolves, each with their muzzles, their mouths, their snouts covered in stark red blood. Go ahead and roll, um, go ahead and roll valor test really fast. Oh
2: no! I have a valor of two. Fifteen is
0: not enough. I have a seventeen. Take one point of shadow. As you hear the growls, and these are bigger than some of the wargs and wolves you fought before. These are, and they're glistening white, and their eyes are this sort of that matches the red on the, you know, on their jaws. The rest of you, as you're. You're slowing down, you see Floy look over his shoulder and he disappears. He just falls. But you're you're a little ways away. So Floy has triggered a combat, actually. Uh this is one of the combat ones. So
1: Oh Floy. <laughs> Floyd and falling down lately as we doing this journey.
3: So to be fair, Renial just did some falling too though. <laughs> that's true. Yeah,
1: well, yes, yes, I I did require Floyd to Jump into the uh, pond and save me last time. So yeah.
0: The other thing is that this is this is great because the 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 first effect of the like the first round of the combat, whoever falls down, in triggers this, is forced to be in um in forward stance, like oh, right off the bat. That's perfect, and that's why I said it's this is the perfect person for this. Oh nice, I was gonna this go forward is, exactly. Like this is the perfect person <laughs> for this to happen to. Like, and this is a, great. This is one of the easiest, I would have been dead. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. 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 All right. Let's, uh, y'all remember how to do this. So I'm going to say, uh, everybody who was behind, uh, you have to essentially expend your first round of combat closing the distance. Uh, and then I would say, Floyd, you have to be in forward stance. All right. No, we're not going to do, I'm going to say no one's close enough yet for opening volley as he fell down a decline and he's in a depression. Sure. Sure. Uh, so for the first round, Floy, it's just you versus four white wolves. What would
2: you like to do? I'm gonna rise out of this corpse covered in blood with my axe held high and shout out, "Dubekar!" and discharge at him. Okay, uh, roll attack. But forward, I get four here. Eighteen. It's just a regular hit. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. And my oh. axe has seven damage. Seven damage. All
0: right. Not enough to take one of them out. But as you as as one of them snarls at you, you just swing the axe down. You sink it into its neck. Um. A spurt of blood comes out, but it, you, you realize that this thing is sturdy as you have to pull the axe back out in such a way that it almost kind of keeps it as, it, as the, the, sort of the, the shoulder just sort of twists and turns and nearly takes
2: your axe with you, but you manage to hold on to it. Yeah, and along with that, so this is part of my virtue as well. It's my secret tongue. I can use it as a battle cry. I can do once per combat roll a favored attempt at intimidating the foe.
0: Okay. Anyone who can hear? So all of them, or just the one? Yeah.
2: Okay. Is that combat task? Let me remind myself Well, a that combat is. task is an action,
0: so you would have to do that in instead of rolling an attack.
2: It's a virtue, though, so isn't it like a... Uh, it says once per combat I can do this. It's, a, it's, a, it's an action. So you would, you would have to spend your turn...
0: A combat task is is, is doing an action, basically. It's doing a non-attack action.
2: Even with this virtue I took, I can't do, like, an attack and the... Uh, As far as I know... Because uh, if it's an action, like, wouldn't it be... I can do it freely, wouldn't it?
0: So, combat tasks... Like, every every stance has a combat task, okay? And so, any one of those combat tasks is an action. Meaning, like, you can do this on your turn, but you're foregoing your attack to do it. So, if it's specifically calling it a combat task it is it is an action so like in forward stance for instance you can do intimidate foe or in open stance you can do rally comrades and in defensive stance you can do protect companion is there something in the description that says you yeah, can the, do it so for the virtues it
2: says that i can do it as in a secondary action
0: oh it's a secondary oh perfect yeah okay yeah. then if it's a secondary action yeah go ahead that's fine okay that's the important
1: detail
2: Uh, let's see. Okay, make an all roll. Go for it. I rolled I Sauron. So I failed. Okay, you rolled I have Sauron?
0: On the intimidate, yeah. Okay, what would the effect of intimidate then?
2: It's the... the on effect- success, the enemy morale is just bit shaken, and there might there might one, to get weary in their attack rolls. Okay. So
0: I'm going to say that because it's an Sauron and they, you kind of, you launch into some attempt to intimidate them, but they start to surround you and they appear to have like, whatever you're doing is having no effect on them. And you hear this horrific echoing growl, just pierce your ears. And I'm going to say on your next attack, you instead are weary for that attack, as you are instead perhaps frightened by them, as opposed to the other way around. Okay, so then they're each gonna get a go. Uh, These are not the strongest. Don't worry. Uh, let's see one, two, three. Okay, so they each one of them only gets one attack. So you just have to deal with with them. Do you have it? So. Um, I'll just give you. I'll just give you what I roll, and then you tell me if it hits. So they're all just going to either take swipes at you or just try to bite you in some way. Uh, first one is a thirteen, probably a miss. Yeah, a fifteen. Second one is going to hit. Then I rolled a sixteen on the second. Uh, third one is a fourteen. That's a miss. And then the fourth one should be a hit with an extra six. That's ten. 13 18 and one of those is an extra six uh so you'll take a total of for the very first one you'll just take four damage straight up and then for the second one since i have an extra success i'll just do and i didn't it wasn't anywhere close to getting a pure so i'll just use the the extra one for a uh for a heavy blow which means it'll add extra damage relative to its attribute level which is four so, you'll take eight points of damage from the second one. So, a total of 12 between the two bites. All right. At this point, you look up and you see on the ridge line, Arenial, Sorendir, Marimben, Talandil, Gilly have all appeared. They have entered into the fight. Remember that you can still use Talandil and Marimben if you want. Each round, one of you can get an assist for them. Just describe how it works and tell me who's using it. And so everyone can go ahead. We can do our stances. Now, uh, I would say anyone who's looking to go into melee or renewal, you guys can get down the ridge without much difficulty. You're fine.
3: I have forgotten how to change my stance at Foundry.
0: Uh, so you should be able to click on your... Uh, right click on your thingy, on your, your token.
3: Yeah, I did that, and I'm not seeing a little... Yeah, it looks different.
0: Oh, has it changed?
3: oh All
0: right, we'll just since we're rolling physical. Yeah, we're rolling physical. We're fine. So who's in who's all in right. forward? Floyd, obviously, because he's a baller. uh Sorendeer uh, and Arinial. I'll say the last last act, like basically your last turn was like closing the distance, essentially. So you all can, if you want, with your secondary action, kind of close the the last gap and then do an attack if you want. Uh, if you want to close.
3: Yeah, I'll be in defensive though.
0: Okay. A what what stance are you gonna be in as you charge in to help out Floy?
3: I will be in open.
0: Okay. So Floy and then Gilly, I'm presuming you're going into ranged as per usual. Yeah. Okay. Uh Gilly, you can take a bonus die in your attacks as you're kind of you're on a ridge line shooting down on top of them, so you can take an extra when it comes around to you. Floy oh. Floy, you are in forward stance. Go ahead. Uh, you've 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 hacked into one of them, but it is still alive.
2: Yes, so I've wearied on this attack. So we will be taking threes are lower don't count if wearied. If I remember correctly. Correct. Yeah, you got yeah. it. So. Uh, another eye of Sauron, actually.
0: Oh dear. Oh dear. Okay. Oh boy. I'm going to say you're weary for the rest of combat. Oh god. Okay. West of combat. As this you swing out at this thing and it despite the fact that it's like blood coming down from its shoulder where you where you hacked into it, it effortlessly just jumps out of your direct, jumps out of your way and snaps back out to you. Uh we're going to go to the open stance uh which was a Renial, so Renial you're up next.
1: Okay, so I am going to go after one of these with my sword,
0: okay, so uh, so remember we since the, since we started strangely, we didn't necessarily assign you know assigned tokens, so I'm just gonna go ahead and for us on our our screen so that everyone's kind of situated. you can kind of see where everyone's at. don't forget that we have to do like the assigned targets
1: oh, that's right, okay, so I'm going to. Double right-click, so I have targeted that you, one.
0: It only matters if you're rolling through, through the system. Oh,
1: yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, okay, so I've got a three. I will take an extra one so that I can roll four. It is not favored or anything like that.
0: Oh, Um. They have no extra parry or anything like that to worry about, so it's just your straight attack.
1: Okay. So I. All right. 10, 18. So I rolled a total of a nineteen, and I have a six. Okay. Uh, but I rolled a one, so there's no way that I'm even anywhere close to piercing.
5: Okay. You
0: can just so do a heavy. Ten. Just do a heavy blow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, and so that will, so normally, sorry, I've got to look at this again. Normally, my sword is a three damage, so I'm going to add my strength to that, which is
0: seven, so that's going to be ten damage. Okay. You you, you charge in as this thing's snapping at Floy, and you get its attention. It whirls around on you, but not in time that it can brace as you take your sword, charging down the ridge. You hack into... It almost cuts right through the spine on its back. These things are quite large. While you do manage to get a a very solid hit to it, it is not enough to just cut it in two, uh, and you have to roughly pull your sword back out. We'll switch over to Deer Charge into the fray as well. One of them turns to face you. What would you like to do? Yes.
3: I begin twirling my spear over my head to gain momentum, and I begin a soft humming, a battle chant. As I attack this wolf, uh, that is a single success. Uh, So that's five damage. Okay. Uh, Also, on a successful attack roll, your adversary loses one point of hate or resolve.
0: Oh, okay. So i put a little star by that one. Gotcha. Uh, Let me check their hate or resolve. Okay. That does, not going to make them run away just yet, but it does in fact, it does in fact uh, reduce them. Okay, so you charge in. So now only two appear to be on Floy as the others appear to have closed in and are now engaged with both of Reneal and Sorendeer. Gilly, you're up on the ridgeline.
4: Okay, so Gilly is gonna hit with her bow. I get one extra die because I'm above. The negative one still applies.
0: Uh, no, not to this. That's just for traversing. This is just got a it. combat.
4: So then I get one more.
0: Which one are you? Uh, are you particular? Are you attacking a particular one? I'm
4: attacking the one that attacked Floy.
0: Okay, gotcha. Nineteen. I pass,
4: and I got a six. Um, that does not give me enough to do piercing, I believe.
0: What'd you roll on your feet die?
4: Uh, feet die was a five. Yeah, it's not enough. Yeah. So I do four damage.
0: Do heavy blow. You can always do heavy blow.
4: Okay, yeah. So I'll do heavy blow. So it's your strength. Uh, add my strength, eight damage.
0: Eight points of damage. Actually, not enough. Uh, though okay. you do manage to get the arrow into its jowls. Doesn't quite get it fully into the neck. You can see it just sort of catches it across the sort of almost almost kind of perpendicular to the way the neck peels back into its into its chest. But it yelps in pain, but stays upright, in fact. Okay. their turn.
1: Uh, Actually, Jeff, real quick. uh, I hadn't looked at this in a while for heavy blow. um, Is a sword a two handed weapon?
0: Uh, Are you using it two handed?
1: Um, I would say probably because I I don't play. You don't with use the shield. Yeah, I don't use the shield. Then yeah, I um, would get okay. so a heavy blow. There's a plus one endurance loss if you're using a two handed weapon and you do the heavy blow.
0: Okay, so, getting, so you get you do an extra point of damage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right.
1: Fair enough. Getting back into the rules again. That's fine.
0: Okay. All right. They're gonna go. I'm gonna start with Floyd. Floyd, you're in a you're in forward stance still. So I'm gonna get that extra die on you. 10, 12, 14. I still miss. I st- i rolled like I rolled two. I rolled a one on my feet die, a one, and a two on my and two of my six. So you're okay. Oh that's a low roll. Uh, Alright. Uh, then then It's just flat against you. I rolled another one on my feet die. Uh 14. That's how's 14 against you?
1: Uh sorry, I've gotta look at this again. Uh too low needs a 16 for parry.
0: Okay, that's a miss and then again Sorendir, uh, since you're in defensive I'll take a D6 away there we go that's an eye of Sauron I see Ooh. and a six for a total of well it's total of 19 but it's still an eye of Sauron so suck it um,
3: I, I teased you just barely earlier this session and I remember out the eye of Sauron yeah I remember yeah. I, I know how this works <laughs> I remembered
0: see my face. This is my serious
3: face. My game <laughs> yeah. face yeah. is yeah. on. <laughs> this is my crying face.
0: <laughs> so a couple things are going to happen. First it's going to it's going to hit you for we're going to say hmm. <laughs> All right. It's also roll a uh roll a injury check against uh DC of 14.
3: Uh, okay, it's been a while since I've done an injury check. It's d12. still d12 plus my armor, which would be three dice because I'm wearing a helmet. Right? Exactly, you got it. And what am I comparing this to? 14 is the is the target. 14, you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I got a 15 with two additional successes. Okay,
0: you are not. You do not take a wound. Okay. Take four. Hmm. Um You don't have a shield on, do you?
3: Uh no shield. Just my leather corset and a helm.
0: Okay. Take eight points of damage. I'm a heavy blow you. Okay. Then there's a fourth one. Gilly, you think you're safe up on the ridge? These things have an ability called great leap. I'm going to spend oh, I've one. I've
4: encountered ha- this before. I know. Oh no.
0: <laughs> you see one of these is loping around. It's considering going after Floy. It's considering going after Soren deer, but instead Gilly, as you're, you're turned off to the, your left firing at Floyd, you don't see, but we do the camera in the distance as we see your face profile shooting and we see in the distance this white blur just hop on one chunk of stone, one rock and then leaps off of it up onto the ridge and we'll take an attack against you. Alright. Let's see. It's three plus this. Okay. Um, Okay. Uh, That's going to be a 18
4: it means
0: eighteen. Eighteen, and I do have a six, uh, but I'm nowhere close to a piercing blow. Uh, well, I'm not, I'm, I have a five on my feet die. Six, five, five, two. Uh, also, I'll just do a heavy blow. That's eight points of damage. This just leaps up onto Gross. Gilly. We're gonna go to a new okay. round. I was going to remind you guys about Marimben and Talendil throughout the course of that first round, but. I decided I didn't want to uh, because you guys are going through the skill endeavor way too easily. So, uh, uh, but you can use them now, uh, if you recall. So you're up, uh, Floyd, you still in, are you still in Ford? Oh yeah. All right, man. Uh, what do you want to do? You got this one in front of you. It's got an arrow in its neck. It's bleeding out of where you, where you crushed it in the shoulder. It is just one good swing of the ax away from, from going down.
2: Yeah, I'm going to swipe some of the blood out of my eyes, slow down my breathing a bit, and just line up this axe like I've always done. Okay. You got this, man. Gandalf is here, baby. Oh, yeah? He is? Yeah, but I'm weary, so... Look to me on the fort The coming Gandalf's of the auto light. Successor. What's that? Yeah. Gandalf's auto... Okay. Yeah. 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 Just to be Gandalf, then. Mm-hmm. With a seven damage. That's going to help me here.
0: It, had, it literally, quite literally had one health left. Describe your hit, Floyd. I did. I know that's why I felt really bad because I had nine health and you did eight, and I was like, "Ah, oh, that's shit." Uh, yeah, just, Floyd,
2: just calming down the adrenaline from sliding down the slope. I have my axe loaded up above me. Okay. I strike down
0: where the arrow was. Okay, so that one is taken out. We go into open stance. Are you still? I assuming unless someone's changed stance, let me know. But Arinell, are you still in open? Correct. All right. You're up. And don't forget, Talondale and Marambem are here. They're swinging away. You can always use them to give them an extra die. Just describe how you're using them.
1: Uh, yeah, I would. Um, I'm trying to think of how I can use uh, Marambem to just maybe flanking, like, distracting. Be a little distraction. Yeah, yeah it's it's distraction. It's kind of what I was thinking. Sure. Okay.
0: She slides so, down uh, badass, almost like, yes. like on her side. You can see the 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 stone and the ice like rippling up behind her and she slides underneath the belly of the of the wolf and just slashes as she does and pops up on the other side but when you look at her she's miles away
1: you need to have a conversation with her at some point um okay so let me do some math here real quick that is a success and i got, I actually got a six on my d six for the first time okay. Um, well, no, I did that last time too. Um, so I actually, this one is almost dead.
0: Yes. You, you should be able to kill it with your normal damage.
1: Okay. Then I will, um, so my three damage for my sword will kill it.
0: Uh, I'm sorry. No, I didn't realize it was so low. I thought it was higher than that with, uh, if you were to use that as a heavy blow, it has five health. So if you use your heavy blow, you'd kill it.
1: That is what I will do with it then. Okay. Yeah. Chat reminded that fend off is. An option, which is a nice way to like use the six for some uh,
0: chat. uh Stop giving them good carry. ideas.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I'm okay. just going to do for a heavy blow, so that will be eleven damage.
0: Okay, so two have been taken out now, bleeding on the ground. Soren, dear, it comes to you. Is it three for three?
3: I continue humming, swinging my spear. This time, I swing it a little bit closer to me as it got in and uh ripped at my torso. What do I get? I still can't get that piercing, uh, but it is a great success. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm weary. So those... It's a failure.
1: Oh, no. Okay.
0: I missed. All right. You swing. This thing dodges out of the way, looks back at you, snarls a bit. Blood flies out of its mouth from where it was chewing on this carcass of some creature in front of you it seems undeterred, unimpressed by your Elvish singing. Gilly, we have this thing on top of you now. You've got okay. Talendil as well who can aid you.
4: Yeah. So I imagine like Gilly's kind of got her bow in its mouth to try and prevent it from biting her. Love it. And she's going to make it roll with her down the slope to where everybody else is. Okay. And she's going to try and pin it on the ground below her.
0: It sounds awesome. Um, you can... Do you have an idea of what you wanted to roll for this? I was going to just go athletics just because it sounds yeah, less like I'd an attack. Yeah, i athletics,
4: yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not very I good I could at see athletics.
0: more for this. Would <laughs> you
4: like an extra um, one from the sound, audience?
0: And don't forget, Talendale can help you. He No one's yeah, used him yet. So you can get-
4: yeah, if I could get the assist from Talendale, like maybe he helps yeah. kick it, so it kick us down.
0: And what I'll say is that when... It's turn comes around. It's going to have to use... If, if you're successful, it's mm-hmm. going to have to expend its turn to basically right itself. So it's like, kind of the equivalent okay. of you getting knocked back. So it won't be able to attack cool. this turn. If you're okay, successful, cool. if you're not, it's killing so you <laughs> and your whole genealogical line.
1: There's some vengeance here going on with these wolves.
0: <laughs> these are the weakest creatures there are an okay. Amar. I
4: hit 16. Um, <laughs> okay. No sixes or anything. I just, uh, I rolled a five, a five, a five, and a one.
0: You slide down. You, you, you're you fending off its giant fangs with the bow itself. Talandil slides behind you. You can see he steps this kind of awkward step. You can see his balance is still not quite right, but he kind of pins as well the shoulders of this wolf down. And we'll come back around then their turn. One of them is going to get an attack off on poor old Sorendeer. 16.
3: Uh, my parry is 19.
0: Okay. So you manage, despite the fact you weren't able to hit it, as it tries to chomp down on you, you kind of take your spear and at the last second, just take the butt end and smack it right in its snout. It sends the bite wide. The one that I said was pinned will now use this time to thrash around and kind of upright itself, and so it's open on the next turn. So we've got two that are dead. We've got two that are living. Everyone's now in the sunken area down on the ridge. Stances, please. Let's just sort of reevaluate our stances. What are we doing?
3: I'm going to go forward.
0: Okay. Floyd, are you still in forward as well? Double forward. Double I. <laughs> I think there's only <laughs>
3: he's got to be more forward than the elf. He's he's fast forward.
0: <laughs> get it, get it like me? Yeah, yeah. Nope. Uh-huh. very happy uh-huh. with myself there. Uh, Arinial, staying in open. You don't want to go in forward like uh, like everybody else. All the no. rage. All the kids are doing it.
1: I no no. I'm good.
0: All right, uh, Gilly. At this point, if you wanted to step back into ranged, I think you probably could.
4: Yeah, because all I have is my bow, my knife, or my sword is still up in my pack.
0: Sounds fair. There are two of these left. Uh, Floyd, do you go after the one that Sorendeer is on, or did you go after the one that Gilly and Talendale just tackled to the ground down the ridge?
2: I'm going to rush into Sorendeer. Sorendir. Okay. So
0: ignoring your good friend Gilly. Uh, And then Arinial, then that would put you on the other one.
1: Yes, definitely protecting my uh, fellowship focus, Gilly.
0: Okay. Uh, Floyd, since you come before Sorendir in the alphabet... If Deer were Arapon, that would not be the case. Floy, go ahead and go first.
2: That's a great success. Okay. Heavy blow will do 14
0: damage. So as Sorendir is struggling to kill this little wolf, Floy, you walk up to the elf that sort of teased you earlier about sense or something like that, and you just bring the axe up into the air and smash it down. You get it buried beneath... Sort of the back of its head, halfway down through the throat, doesn't quite fully lop the head off. You wrench it free; blood sprays wildly like a Peter Jackson film from the '80s, and it falls to the ground right in front of you. Soren dear, there is plenty of room for you to step over towards now the one that Ar- Reneal is on, if you would like to
3: instead. Yeah, so I was swinging my spear, and I, I moved forward more out of desperation than anger. Uh, I I wasn't able to have the same control over this great spear as I became weary and I'm bleeding out. Mm -hmm. And I will just do my best to take a a stagger over to Renial and attack this thing. Okay. Uh, That is a piercing blow and a great success. Oh my goodness, sir. And it loses a point of hater resolve.
0: Okay, this one had already Actually, no, this one is the one that spent the hate of that. All right, so I got to roll an injury test. Oh, dear. Uh, what's my and target?
3: The, uh, oh, shoot. What is your target?
0: I don't know. It's on your weapon. It's the injury rating on your weapon. <laughs> Check your sheet. Oh, yeah, I should know that. 16. Okay. Well, I'll tell you this. I got a, I got a D12 and a D6. Uh, I'll burn a hate to try to get a second D6 on this roll. Oh, Jesus Christ. So I rolled a Gandalf, so that doesn't help, Uh, which means I rolled a nine. Gandalf. So (laughs) Sorendir, describe your kill, as this only has one might. So this one one wound will kill it.
3: Yeah, so uh, this spear, this very heavy, long spear uh, is not a precision tool right now. With the, the frostbite on my hands, and I was bitten, and I'm staggering and just trying to grab my footing, and I just heave with all the the energy I have left, just slamming it down right onto the back of its spine, just hitting as hard as I could, hoping to just hit center mass, uh, bringing all the force I can rather than dexterity.
0: You feel like this last little shudder of life, and almost like this dog-like whimper that you know is... Just underneath all of like the, the the sort of the feral anger of these creatures, It just sort of like shudders and whimpers, one last yelp and falls. You now have in this basin around these icy ridge, there's these four carcasses of these white wolves, and then you notice that that fifth carcass that you fell in, Floy, is another one of these wolves, which apparently was feasting on one of their own. Oh no! You listen. You hear no sounds of any other things coming. Just hear the sounds of the the wind and such. What do you guys do? Was
2: this sort of like a cave we fell in, or just Just, random?
0: Just more like a like a basin. You can climb up easily enough. It's a a very gentle slope. It's just everything's kind of slippery. It's uh, covered in ice and snow, but you're able to get out of here pretty quickly if you want.
3: I'd prefer to just sit and take a breather. Hopefully, the stench of dead wolves will make other wolves wary.
4: That still worries me, though. Because what about what about that cr- that creature?
3: The creature is a concern, but it, it also seemed to be well fed. Maybe it will rest after feasting. Aralss just
1: sort of, you know, there's blood and and whatnot here and Arinial just they uh, I think I could also sit for a bit.
4: I, I, that fall. I know we're tired. I'm 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 so tired, but we should find somewhere else better to to rest.
2: then let us okay climb. So we'll make a way up the slope. Okay. And like
1: Aurelia will sigh, just sort of get sigh <laughs> exactly. I think it's just a like weary in pain just like and even though it's it's dour like these animals were just alive so there's like a warmth to them that like sitting here would have caused this would have brought and Like, a will, I think, just sort of throw a kind of glance Soren Deer's way as we both just sort of... And then get up and brush ourselves off.
4: Yeah, Gilly's hands are shaking as she's getting her stuff put back together and she's climbing up. Because this is, like, the second time such a huge creature has just pounced upon her. And she's been pretty close... To the moths of death.
1: <laughs> totally get your <laughs> wanting to not be in this area anymore. Yeah. And back we go.
0: Okay. Floyd, you can go ahead and remove the weary effect from yourself now, as that was just, unless, unless you were actually weary. I'm actually
2: weary now from the damage. Yeah.
0: Yes. Got him. <laughs> got him. So you all can choose something. You can choose to try to stop here. Camp. Get one of those rests out. You can get like those short rests. We're not in a journey, so you're welcome to do it. Uh, I will roll for an encounter. Or you can try to push through. You can see that you are fairly close to the mountains. you, You are, if I were to put a number on it, two resistance away from the mountains. I mean, that's just one success and a bonus success. That's easy peasy.
1: Sometimes no, weary, not, so. not the way yeah they, it might uh, be harder to hit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, with two people weary and the dice, I think
4: we're all weary. That. So
0: I should have attacked you guys earlier. Gotcha. <laughs> <Then what laughs> it am... takes one good hit for me to become weary. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just barely not weary.
0: <laughs> Those are quite literally the weakest things you could fight that I have prepared for you.
1: Well then, I have we eight
4: fatigue.
0: <laughs> Tease me some more.
3: so i'm gonna say that we travel a little bit and then try to find a rocky outcropping or something where we can kind of hide and camp rest okay a
1: a short rest appropriate locale
0: okay so it'll be a pro I'll, i'll give you a prolonged rest for sure however i will be rolling a potential encounter that's a, that's that's the trade-off. I mean,
3: right? I'm fine with a short rest because that counts as prolonged. If you guys can get going in an hour or so, you know.
4: I would say that's <laughs> up to Floyd. That only works for you.
3: Sorry, <laughs> Deer's
2: such great g How much does that recover again? <laughs> short rest.
0: So a short rest is your strength. So your strength score in endurance points.
2: Oh, yeah. That's plenty. I can do a short rest.
1: Short rest it is.
0: Okay. And I'll say if that's the case, I won't roll for an encounter go ahead and you take your short rest this is the only short rest you can take currently for this day and then everyone kind of gets a breather everyone maybe you grab some water some food take a moment put a little distance between yourselves and all these carcasses those of you say soren deer with elvish senses you do hear that creature on the wind but you you hear that it's more like it's up and crunching you're not sure if it's They're not wings, just sort of glides and crunches, glides and crunches, and you hear this part roar, part snarl, and then you would imagine Sorandir as you were trying to peer through the mist backwards, you think it might have found the carcasses on the ground that you left in the basin, it seems to be occupied with them. The mountains of Angmar to the north. Not that far away. You can see them. Who would like to try to progress this further? So, specifically, I would say skills that might be of use for progressing this. Explore uh, would definitely be good. Hunting is fine. Uh, I think the idea of sort of scan makes sense as well, the way that Floyd was looking at it before. Um athletics I think would be reasonable. So you try to maybe climb or push forward those types of things could potentially work. I'm always open to conversation for other things, but since this is very much a, like a a travel montage here, um, how would you like to progress? So who would like to try to do this? Find those. the last, I
3: will, uh, I will do an athletics, uh, trying to push us since, uh, we, we did the short rest, and I did my Elvish meditation, which makes it count as a prolonged rest. So I would try to, like Floyd was doing earlier, keep the pace going. Uh, since I have a bit more energy, I'll, I'll go up front, and I'll I'll set the pace for everyone to try and keep up. Fantastic. Uh, minus one. If
0: you would like, you I can have an- Marimben and Talendal have them used if you want like, to use yeah. Marimben kind to of help you with this I, again. I was-
3: I was going to say Marin Bim. I'm going to tell her she's in a grumpy mood anyways. So I'm going to have put her in the back. And uh, if anyone slows down, uh, just give them a little uh, yes. whip upside the head gotcha. to keep them going. Gotcha. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. Travel would be uh, good too. Yeah. If you want to do travel. And
3: uh, that'll be two dice then because of her. And I'm going to use my uh, Elven skill to give me an automatic success anyways. Okay, so I'm going to spend the hope for that. Fantastic! And I'm going to roll and hopefully get the second success there. Okay, do it,
0: do it. Sorry, I,
3: I rolled a one <sighs> on my twelve, and then a two and a four, so that's just a seven. That's a, a failure, but I still got the magical success.
0: So you've reduced, good thing that's what you did. <laughs> you've reduced to one resistance. You've reduced to three time limit. So I'm going to treat the time limit more like, at this point, there's this giant monster behind you (laughs) that might at some point bypass you guys and kind of cut off any attempts you get so really it just is going to come around to like if you don't get there before this time limits up you're going to have to sort of cycle back like circle around and try to push through much more just continuing to wear and tear on you guys and and potentially increasing your chances of more of these negative encounters but surrender you do manage with your with sort of this elvish fortitude that the rest of the party, including Talendil and Marimbim, do not have with your elvish ears. Perhaps you hear a curse or two, an elvish swear, or a swear about an elf. But nonetheless, you, you, you close even greater distance. But you're not quite there. As you've come across what looks like some very jagged ground that no matter how fast you try to run... You always find yourself going five, six strides before you have to stop and climb over something, gingerly move down this icy slope. And the sprinting and the heavy pace is just not working anymore. Who would like to go next? Three chances to get one success.
2: Can you repeat a skill or no?
0: Uh, I'm fine with it, yeah. Just just describe a different way you're using it, maybe. Just flavor it somehow.
1: Do you want to scan again?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty good at scanning. Mm. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, just describe how you're using it and then we'll go with that.
2: Yeah, I'm just trying to think of a way that's not, like, looking for...
0: So prior, like, <laughs> we, we we flavored it as you found, like, a mountain goat path. Uh, so what else might we use scan to find
2: there's any tunnels or caves here perfect we'll do yeah. that
1: how very dwarven of you
3: a world well, that's racist, I will go over malicious. the mountain when we <laughs> could go under malt beer meat that's ripe off the bone
0: <laughs> never understood it's such a weird phrase We're three success uh okay, as you're looking around this sort of jagged sort of run of the most violent looking small rock edifices you've seen where it's just a a small slip and you could impale yourself on a rock you do in fact find this cavern that weaves down to the side of one of this this hill formation, and you find yourselves. In a very dark and dank cave. But Floy's up ahead. When has Floy ever steered the party wrong? When has Floy's decision making ever caused trouble? Ever lead you all off the proper path?
1: Mm -hmm.
3: Never. (laughs) And although... At least as far as he remembers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right?
0: So you're weaving through a series of tunnels. And most of it is just this long, narrow, rocky tunnel that you're having to climb over. You're you're not having too much trouble, but you can tell that Tallandale and your ponies are struggling. But nonetheless, it's slow going, but it's for at least an hour, maybe two, safe going. And not only that, but you're not getting swept in the eyes with this sharp, icy mist. It's very dark in here. Gilly, you have your lantern out as per usual. And it's giving the walls this orange glow. You see these dried roots from plants that have long died, and there, one touch of them, they just crumble to dirt. Floy, you see no signs of any kind of suitable minerals in here. No iron veins, nothing of note. It's just cold, icy, useless rock. And then you find this cross tunnel. And then you find this other tunnel that seems to weave downward into the earth. And then as you're looking up ahead, Gilly, Soren Deer, with your keen eyes, you see light. You see this bluish-green light. You see the tunnel grow in both width and height. You see what looks like reinforced arches all of a sudden. So what previously was just earthen tunnel now seems to have structure. You see signs of stone. The ground becomes suddenly relatively even. And you look down, you can see planter stones. You're stepping very flat ground. Your ponies suddenly have very little, little effort anymore. You're... Your friend Talondil is thankful for not having to climb and cl- you know over top of some of these rocks, but as you get closer, Gilly and Sorendir again with your with your eyes, you see this blue green light up ahead, crossing over this large rocky underground chamber you have to pass under this stone archway. And as the two of you are looking, you can see that there is a very peculiarly shaped silhouette that seems to be attached to this very faint blue-green light. Your eyes adjust, and you see another one of these enormous elks just slowly, very slowly clump, 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 crossing that underground cavern. But you realize that there's something hanging from the antler and it's some kind of lantern. Soren, Deer, and Gilly, go ahead and both of you roll an awareness test or a scan test, I'll say. Your keen eyes can, can take to- awareness. can totally apply if you want to use it, if you want to burn the I hope to use it. If not, it's fine.
3: Ooh, that was almost a Sauron, but I'm favored. Uh, great success.
0: Okay. Gilly? Yeah, same. Same. Great okay, success. perfect. Both of you see this. No issues. You see all of this. Your eyes adjust, and the antler from which this black metal lantern hangs, it's giving off that blue-green light, is sharpened. Like to almost a blade end. And then you notice what is accounting for the strange silhouette. As you realize the elk is being ridden by this dark shape. That blue-green light is sort of bathing the clothing of this figure. And it seems like these ruffled black furs this hood up and over top, and you cannot see any signs of a face, just the hood from profile, so you can't see the face. You can see the contours, the edges of the cloak as that light bathes it ever so slightly. And what is really unsettling to the two of you is that as you track the body downward, you can see that its legs just seem to kind of merge with the flanks, the sides, of this elk and just this, this residue of ice, this dark blue ice where the legs and the body just seem to combine, not through some sort of centaur-like creature, but like they've been melded together from riding for quite some time. And as you're watching, it continues to pass in front of you. You see that there is this thick, black metal chain that's extending out from behind this, this creature as it slowly clump clump and you hear something dragging and it seems to be moving across this large chamber to this other exit on the far left side you can't quite see what it's dragging it's kind of obscured behind some other debris and such but you can see the chain taut What do you guys want to do?
3: Could I make a lore test to see if I've ever heard a story about this or heard a song about any sort of creature like this?
0: Absolutely. Go ahead. And no penalty to this. Just roll flat.
3: Uh, that is a great success again.
0: You've traveled, door. You have reached the edges of Angmar. You've traversed the dark hills of Ruudaur even before you met your current party. You've heard stories of Fornost. You've heard stories of the War of Angmar despite your non-participation in it. And there are all manner of strange undead creatures, whites and wraiths, that seem to inhabit this place. This perversion of whatever fallen creatures might have fought here—you see the the animal, and you realize that that is a a proud symbol, not a you know, not one of of Angmar or of the forces of shadow. And you see like sort of the the ruffled cloak that as you look at it, you realize isn't in fact furs, but is something else. And you wonder to yourself if this is some sort of fallen elven creature that has somehow been turned into like a frost white of some kind. And now that it comes into full focus and everyone can see it, Everybody, go ahead and make a dread shadow test. That's valor.
1: Okay.
3: Just a reminder for oh. a valor test: if we have two oh points, we roll gosh. two dice, right? One
0: hundred percent correct. You roll the d twelve, you roll the d twelve like normal, and then you roll a number of d sixes equal to your score. And you're targeting that your heart. That was is a quite horrible. a big
2: failure.
1: Horrible failure. I rolled ones and twos and threes.
2: You got an 18 success. (laughs) (laughs) Gilly?
4: Just passed 16.
2: Okay.
0: Those of you who passed, did you get any bonus successes? No. Sixes. Okay. Both of you take two points of shadow. Irineal, Uh Sorendir, take three points of shadow. And Part of the reason is that as this emerges from behind the debris you can see now that what's tethered to it is this heavy violently ripped from the earth chunk of tree like this blackened almost petrified tree the roots themselves still splayed out in different directions this black metal chain wrapped around it and you see a fix to it just bones And it sends a different kind of shiver running down your spines. Does not seem to notice you as you all are at a distance from it. But I would say, Gilly, you're probably smart enough to quickly snuff your lantern. And anybody else who has light does the same thing before it does appear. It's very far away and it doesn't seem to be actively looking. It looks like it's just very slowly crossing this chamber.
3: So Arndir just kind of freezes. Uh, he, he feels almost as if that chain that's being pulled, he can almost physically feel the weight on his shoulders, and you see him just kind of lean on his spear, and he just does not move. You don't see any sort of emotion on his face even. He's just blank. It's
2: a bit of a monstrosity. Just let it pass.
1: And Arenial isn't speaking, um, but she's just kind of nodding at Floyd's advice.
0: Time passes and it passes slowly. Like it moves really, really slowly. And the chamber is extraordinarily wide. And once or twice, you actually hear the sound of, like, like whispers, the classic whispers that we all have come to know and love so well. You're not sure if it's emanating from the cloaked figure or if it's emanating from the shadows behind you, but it's there. But after a few very tense moments, minutes, you can see the light suddenly disappear into the side tunnel. You wait some moments more, and eventually you no longer hear the dragging sound or the clomping, and you see this dark chamber in front of you. Gilly, you relight the the lantern, or you pull the hood back once more. And now that you're able to get a better view of this chamber, you can see on the far end there are stairs going up
1: uh, uh, and Ar- Araneal is just sort of shuddering it's just all of the just horrible things that we've been seeing since we've been here um, and she'll just sort of gesture toward the stairs shall we I'll
2: snap my fingers in front of Sorendir come on man, wake up don't get his attention
3: there there really isn't much of a response from sword deer you, you snap a couple times and his eyes don't even change focus uh maybe you do a little wave and then you finally comes out of it and he he doesn't really like snap out of it he just kind of turns to look at you we're moving on moving on. the dead realms. Let's go.
0: You all carefully, quietly traverse to the other side of this chamber. No issues. You climb the steps on the other side which are covered in ice. They weave back and forth up you think maybe two flights and you find yourselves coming out of a section of the mountains, there is an archway that you come out of. And you can see what looks like this broken, frosted-over, stoned arch with... You think... You're not sure... You you think they're runes of some kind. Can't make out exactly if they're anything of note. Sorrendir, you would immediately know that they don't look elvish. But they... You'd imagine from the architecture, it's maybe identifying this place. You're not sure. But you see then, as you're on this ridge, the slopes of the mountain. And somewhere up there is Othran Gold. So you have made it across the Angmar Waste. Now, you need to locate the entrance to Othran Gold. So this is a separate skill endeavor. However, this one's only a resistance of six, and there's no time limit. Oh my goodness. The downside is you have a minus two penalty. You're now doing everything you were doing before, but you're doing it while trying to climb up icy, treacherous mountains. Yes. But there's no time limit, and it's only a resistance of six. You're going to live forever.
3: Only six. Could I make a lore check thinking about how uh, ancient fortresses were built. Any sort of other ancient fortresses would have entrances, exits, you know, looking at the lay of the land, trying to assimilate those two facts in my brain, combining them.
0: Absolutely. Uh, go right ahead. And this will count.
3: With a minus two. Minus two, man. I'll take an audience dice. Do we have how many do yeah, we, we have, have left?
1: Yeah, uh, we have uh, seven left. We started the day with 13.
3: All right. I'll take one. Uh, That is just barely a single success.
0: Okay. You think back to the conversation you had with Lady Ortolos. And while you also consider your knowledge of architecture and fortresses for the military and things like that. There's one thing that you recall from her description that sort of lingers. It's sort of, she said something about, it felt there was like an inversion to it. That the entrance itself was high and small. And it seemed to almost sort of extend downward, growing as it went. So you think if you were to find an entrance point, it's going to be higher up the mountain. And more than that, she, she probably would have described how there was this seemingly nondescript, seemingly innocent rounded edifice within which they found this, this door. And it was on top like a plateau. So between that, between your memory of other, of other no- notions, you, you kind of know what to look for as you climb up the mountain.
2: Knowing we have to climb up this mountain, maybe I can reinforce or craft some climbing gear here. Beautiful. To assist us. I love it. Sounds great.
3: Nice. Make us some snowshoes.
0: Ridial popsers out. And she's like, you know, I also don't take any travel fatigue. <laughs> and then Soren is like, yeah, well, when I take a short rest, it's basically taking a long rest. So, huh? You got a 19 great success. That's great success. You got two successes. Okay. You're already halfway there. You piece together. I mean, you probably already have some climbing gear and some ice, but you, you managed to find tethers. You use ropes to tether yourselves to each other. To the ponies as well you're moving along on these very treacherous narrow paths a couple steps here and there and you see clumps of snow just fall and disappear into the mist below (laughs) like you look down and you realize if that wasn't snow but instead was myself was gilly was one of the ponies who knows how far that would collapse and you also put together kind of unwrap maybe these these uh, you know, maybe spikes or, or pitons, and you start using those to to create these these moments where you can create kind of climbing lines between like one treacherous chasm and the next. And even though there are a few times where someone falls, the quality of your work, the pitons stay pierced into the side of the rock and the ice. your ropes don't snap and you're able to to save anyone from from kind of you know plummeting down. you spend probably about a day or two first kind of going up the foothills and then you start to sort of summit the mountain even further, going higher. all of you are starting to feel the the air levels begin to sort of dim, getting headaches. From the elevation the snow the ice is worse here than when you were down in the valley there are a few moments of where you can kind of find these little ridges these little alcoves along the way where you stop for a breather for food for sleep but ultimately it's a extraordinarily painful and difficult climb soren at one point you pull your gloves off, you hold them by the fire that you have in this alcove and you can see that what once was just the discoloration of your cuticles is extended almost down to the middle knuckle of your fingers. It's becoming more painful each day as you're climbing and trying to fix your hands here and there into the nooks and crannies of the rock. Along the way, you found a couple plateaus, these little platforms. It's it's strange, in fact, the number of them you find. You're not sure if this is intentional. It's like at some point someone's hewn the rock in such a way to create these long ago. But you haven't yet found the door. Mariniol or Gilly, how are you contributing?
1: Uh, Gilly was thinking about um, tag-teaming with Maribem. If possible, yeah. Um, so I'm thinking of kind of trying between the two of us to kind of trade off, like who's um, kind of moving off a little bit and trying to kind of give a little bit of information about, like, because um, I'm I'm kind of imagining it, and maybe I'm not imagining quite, but you know, if you're like. Doing like a kind of like a rock climbing, like somebody's, you know, kind of giving you a little bit like, where's the next ledge? Where's kind of where are you headed? You know, kind of giving a little bit of that information. Um, trying to kind of help everybody. I don't know if that would work for like an athletics kind of a thing, but just like, okay, left, left, you know, left hand here, right hand here, left foot here.
0: Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, athletics sounds fine.
1: Okay. And then so minus two, I would only have one D6, but I'm using Marembam, so then I get two D6, and it is favored.
0: We don't need your whole life story here. No. That is... I want to hear your life story. It's not long long division. Six and
1: five is an 11, and two is 13, which is exactly what I need.
0: So you and Marembam are kind of advising people here and there, your ranger skills and experience coming into play. You're finding yourselves having to sort of weave around here and there the some of these very narrow, these narrow side paths that you imagine. Aren't even really paths. It's just the way in which the ice has created this sort of terrace or tear effect. You find yourselves more than once having to expand your search out into these these sort of flat expanses these plateaus you find more than once these icy bridges that you have to kind of traverse over top of these deep, deep, dark chasm chasms, excuse me as you're i would say Soren Deer is probably at this point back up ahead, Gilly and Floy, in between samena rhal Marmbem, you're probably kind of staying in the back a little bit or sounds of voices on the wind here and there They kind of get your attention get your 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 hackles up a little bit and at a certain point you you notice as Marimbeam slips she hesitates and she falls and you watch as one of her packs which has food water supplies goes hurtling over the side and it looks as though is about to just plummet down into this dark black chasm below. But she dives after it, grabs it. But now she's kind of hanging there. She's sort of, help,
1: help. Yeah, yeah. I, and so I'll try to like lay myself down or do something to kind of get leverage.
0: You lay down. It's a very narrow chasm. There should be a very narrow ice bridge over top of it. As you kneel down to try to help her, say maybe you're carrying a torch or a lantern, some sort of light fixture, and it, like a wind, gust of wind kicks up, and you see it just go falling over, and you just watch as as the light goes further and further down into the darkness, these little rings of, and ripples of light just goes down and down, probably about 40 or 50 feet down, until it finally clatters you watch a few like chunks of like food fall out of Merbem's pack, but she manages to catch it before anything else falls. It's then that you notice, as you're looking down Aruniel, where the light is at the bottom of this chasm, where your torch is still giving off light. You see, there's this dark blob. It discolored from sort of the light ice color that you see everywhere else and it just looks like maybe the the pit extends further or maybe it's dark stone but then it starts to move and this is very large you hear this echo of the this kind of growl and you watch as it kind of unfurls itself you see it lumber up on all fours this huge creature almost looks like from above it looks like a bear somewhat and it's taking a couple steps forward it looks down kind of pokes with this massive paw that dwarfs the size of your torch just sort of pushes it and then you watch as his head turns and it looks up to where you are helping Marambim up but you're still kind of looking down
5: Mm -hmm.
0: and you see that what's looking up at you is not so much the face of a bear. Well, it's partially the face of a bear, but it seems to be almost humanistic in qualities. If you just look at it, it almost looks like this strange amalgam of like sort of snout bear features, but also humanoid features as well. And I don't think you were specifically in Marithel's workshop. But Gilly was, and others were, and they told stories of the different things they saw. Mm -hmm. And this very much seems like the types of things that were described, that that weird bear-like carving. And you see, even from 40, 50 feet down, its eyes lock with you, and it lets out this roar that you realize is almost... Sort of two separate pitches, like two instruments playing and somehow trying to harmonize, but not quite doing so. The loud rumble of a bear growl, but hidden underneath it, you hear this painful screech, this, this curdling yell of pain that someone might screech if a sword just suddenly went through their gullet and wrenched around inside of them. And the face contorts in this same sort of pain. And then you watch as it cocks its head to the side, the growl stops, and it moves over to the side of this chasm, and it puts one of its giant paws, (laughs) and it takes the other one, and begins to inexplicably impossibly start climbing up the inside of this chasm what do you want to do
1: oh no uh, arinial is just grabbing at maranbehm and she's like get up get up get up get up we got to run we got to run get up get up get up
0: and arinial as you do so go ahead and roll a dread another dread test oh gosh um i will give you favor since you technically didn't see the sculpture you can take it with favored.
1: Okay. Ooh. Yeah, that's a success.
0: Okay. Uh, take one point of shadow, unless you have extra successes. Do you have any d6s? Uh, on your I, I,
1: I did roll 1d6, yes. Th-
0: there isn't, Sorry. So you, yeah. you cancel it all out then? You okay. managed. You managed to cancel out because it would have been two max and one for each success. Okay. You and Maribin start running. You hear the sounds <laughs> as it's trying to climb up. You hear like the distant sounds of it of that that same sort of parallel howl and in in screech of pain, like echoing off one another in this horrible, deharmonized way. And You just run and eventually catch up to people. So you am
1: looking behind me just to see like it's progress up. This it's wall.
0: I mean you can go back if you want, but you would have to look down. It's was in it was inside of a chasm so it's trying to climb up, but you haven't seen it pop out. And it was okay. enormous. It's probably twice the width of that icy bridge that was on. So you think if you as long as you keep up a good pace, you probably okay. get ahead of it, but running forward. Then. It looks dangerous. Absolutely. So you succeeded on your test, which progressed the resistance. Uh, did you get any extra successes or was it just the one success? Do you remember?
1: No extra successes.
0: Okay. So it's four of six. Gilly, do you have anything you want to do that maybe you might have been doing while Renial was helping Marambin?
4: Uh That's a good question. <laughs> uh, out of all the skills and stuff that would move us forward, I'm not seeing anything.
0: So I would take, I mean, obviously I would take any of the sort of movement like skills, right? Those are totally mm-hmm. fine. So athletics, explore, scan that is the way we've been using it is fine. Travel would be fine. Um, I would also take something like in or song, something that might lift the spirits of people and kind of keep them pushing because, you know, you're supposed to be going up. And so, yeah. so, so if you wanted to try to do something more like that, I think that would, in this case work.
4: Okay, so then I'd like to do in heart and then um, that's minus 2. It's disconditions
0: uh, are getting again colder by the day, harder by the day. You all are getting yeah. whittled down. Gilly, yeah, yeah. maybe you even entertain the thought of we we need to save strength for the return journey. Maybe maybe Somewhere in the hidden recesses, the darkness of your mind, maybe a voice says to you. But there's not going to be a return journey.
4: Yeah, Gilly just wants to make it as pleasant as possible while we get there. Okay. So she's—I know generally it's song, but Tin Heart and she winds up singing her That's Battle fine. of Rotag song. True. Sure. Um, and then do we have any audience die? Yes.
0: Gotta get rid of those before you get inside Arthur and Gold. Yeah,
1: that's basically what we're doing. (laughs) Burning all of them now.
0: (laughs) Everything gets harder. Traversing, crossing the Angmar ways. That was the easy part. This is the middle part. Mm -hmm. Arthur and Gold.
4: Oh, wow. Okay, I made it 16. I needed a 16.
0: Any extra successes? Uh, Nice. Any d6s? No. Okay.
4: No. And I'm weary so I had to get rid of... (laughs) I had a three I had to get rid of
0: five six again there's no time limit to this but each time you do it i'm rolling to see if something else is happening so far just a couple things here and there so gilly you're you're singing away you're trying to remember the lyrics every now and then it's hard sometimes to sing it's every, everything's so like your your throat is dry your lips are chapped you, you uh, periodically, maybe you put like a scarf or cloth over top of the bottom half of your face and trying to sing through that, trying to get the energy, the oomph from your diaphragm to just get enough projection is very, is, is surprisingly challenging. Add on to the wind that is just pelting you all. And then those weird whispers on the wind that periodically pop up. These foul, foul voices. And all of you, as you're climbing, you're feeling your, a sense of, of warmth, a joke from Gilly, the sounds of road, the, the song of road tag, you've done this before. A second wind kicks in and you make more progress. And before you, before you realize it, you're speeding along. But then those damn whispers, it's not the wind anymore. Or at least the wind isn't just the normal sound. Or maybe you're just tired. Who knows? Some of you are kind of climbing. Some of you are walking along on the ground. Some of you are helping others up. Gilly, as you're climbing up, just one ridge flows there, kind of reaching down, kind of pulling you up. You watch as the rock in front of you, like this, this strange, gnarled, striated rock. Again, it could be your exhaustion, your mind playing trick, tricks on you. But you just—it almost seems to shift and move. You look at it; it's like a face. All of a sudden. And the way that the whorls of tree bark can sometimes look like faces. This stone, and you see its jaw is kind of off to the side if it is a face. Its eyes, or at least where the sockets should be, are too close almost, as if they're peering down at you, down this long protrusion. And as you're like, you're pausing for a moment, everything goes utterly quiet. The wind dies down. Floyd takes a break for a second from pulling. You don't hear the sounds of the rope grinding against the the stone. You don't hear the clinks of the ponies with all of the various packs, and everything is just suddenly quiet. And as you're staring at this thing, you swear. You see the mouth just... as the jaw kind of shifts, and you hear bursting from the mouth... These strange whispers. Go ahead and roll a sorcery shadow resistance. This is your wisdom.
4: Oh boy. I got a twelve and a five. So seventeen.
0: Okay. Pass. Pass. Uh and you didn't get any extra successes?
4: Uh no, because I got twos got f- and ones, okay. so I had to drop them.
0: One point of shadow then. So you would have been a max of two. You got the one major, the main success, but you need not any extra successes. So you take the one uh-huh. as you just feel yourself just get sort of entranced all of a sudden as this thing just is like you feel the breath coming out of this, this strange mouth. Floyd, you look down and Gilly's just kind of gone limp.
4: Maybe it feels warm, and so Gilly's reaching out towards it
3: so you kind of
0: like lean in maybe because you're still you're kind of hanging on like yeah. figure this on the side so like it's your face kind of leans in and you feel that sort of warmth mm-hmm but floor she's just kind of her she's just placed her head like her cheek right against this this chunk of rock as you're looking down at her. Gilly, are you okay? No response.
2: I'll try and climb down and grab her. You you have right her way. on
0: rope. Remember, you guys have tethers, okay. so you can just pull her up, and you don't need a roll. You can just pull. Just start to pull her up, and like Gilly, you feel your skin just rip as you made contact with that cold stone. And when Floyd gets you up to the top, Floyd, you look and you can see where she had kind of. She had kind of covered the bottom part of her mouth a bit. But you can see right underneath her eye, this chunk of skin, this little patch of skin is just missing. Doesn't hurt, Gilly? It's just Your face just feels numb. Okay. She got her up. And all of a sudden, like a rush, like this cacophony of an orchestra trying to warm up. All of the sound that had gone quiet just rushes back to you. Like lag is catching up one after the other and no sink whatsoever. The clink, 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 suddenly of the, of the horse, of the, of your horses, the rushing of the wind, which is way too fast until finally it slows down again.
4: The moment that it hits, like the loud noises, uh, Floyd will watch as Gilly reaches up to cover her ears and she just drops to her knees kind of in a fetal position and she just holds it there until finally she, like, removes her hands and she notices that it's stopped and it's back to normal. You
5: what, are,
1: what's, what, what, what happened? Did you, did you, it was so
4: loud. Did you not hear it?
1: it I mean, there's, there's sounds, but nothing painful.
4: It was like it was all at once. I.
1: I What happened to your face? I'm so tired. I'm. It's been quite a difficult journey. We're not going to come back from this. Narenya will go over and put her hand on Gilly's shoulder. We. You've done so well to try to keep our spirits up. I know this has been exhausting, but we can, we're nearing
4: our destination. As- I'm past exhaustion. I'm, I'm resigned. Where did you not see that creature back there? That was an elf, maybe? Maybe. What if, that's, what if that becomes us? What if we become the very thing that we're trying to fight against? What do we do? Well,
1: I... I think we are all here together. We can do the best we can to try to make sure that doesn't happen.
4: I just, I know I'm not enough. And Gilly's going to stand up and she takes a deep breath in. And she's like, I'm sorry. And goes back to her spot in the line and she's ready to keep trekking forward.
3: Soren would have uh, been somewhat nearby. And after Gilly leaves, he, he would have. Taking a step to Arrheniel, that creature underground. It's the doomsman of the Valar. And then he'll go back to his place in line.
1: And Ireneal will just look to, to Floy and just say, but what, what am I to do with that information?
2: More you know. <laughs> Just keep trucking along. Okay, you guys are quite literally. One well,
3: he's s- got a beard to keep him warm. He's got no I problems know. right now.
0: That beard, is he's, he has it wrapped around his head. Like it's, oh, it's great. You guys are one away. Um, you see this series of, kind of plateaus begin to spiral around the you're not all the way up to the peak, but you've kind of come to the portion where like basic traversing on foot is probably at an end. And you're thinking if you're trying to go up any higher, it's all climbing. But you also notice that there are several of these extended ledges and, and, and plateaus or platforms, these flattened out moments. When you look out below, like it's just mist. You don't even see anything below. Like, you can't see the rest of the mountain. You can't see the other ridges in the mountain itself. Because there's, remember, you're on a whole ridgeline. Like, this huge uh, range of mountains across the northern uh, northern chunks of of Angmar. So there's plenty of places to look up here. What do you guys do?
3: I am going to... We're at, nah, travel with my elven skill as a magical success with the, the shadow that's overcoming me there was one point where I was in my elvish meditation and I can't explain it but I just knew which way to go and travel is literally the worst skill I have but I'm an elf and I succeed anyways with a six
0: so you think back very carefully to the conversations you've had with Lady Ortolos maybe some that were on camera and seen maybe some that were off maybe we see like these sort of interspersed as your your boots are crunching along the snowy icy edifices that you're crossing and we're hearing the voice of Lady Artorlos over top of you as she's describing her experiences when she was up here with her people and she again she described this sort of rocky plateau she described an inexplic- inexplicable door that you wouldn't have expected strange runes. wonder so you just sort of Let yourself feel the environment. All your senses just sort of hone in, sounds, sights, smells. Your eyes focus on this clump of rock about 30 feet out from the central spire of the mountain. And you see it just looks like rock. But you notice that around the the far end where the mountain would just collapse into nothingness, you think you see a ledge, as if you can get to the other side of that clump. You should carefully, but with great elvish balance, move around the edge. You realize there is this expanse, this ice and rock and snow you come around it look down and it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet to the base of this mountain you can see in the distance the contours of other ridges as the the wind the ice kind of whip at your face and as You entertain just for the slightest moment. Dismay and failure. You turn to look back towards your companions and you see the opposite side of that clump of rock. And instead, what you see carved into the rock itself, you see a tall, narrow door. You see strange runes that have been carved into it. And unlike everything else you've seen, which looks old and worn, this door looks pristine. And that is where we will end this session.
1: Yay!
0: Good to be
4: back. Oh my oh gosh. gosh. Oh here.
0: my gosh. Remember when it felt like you guys were just going to get in and out of Angmar without breaking a sweat? You remember that? No.
1: <laughs> it never actually felt that way. It was scary. Yeah, the it
0: whole never did. Time. <laughs> did <it really? laughs>
1: yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: You guys, I was looking down at one point. I'm just like, I haven't, they haven't had an encounter yet. This is crazy. So, Basically, I just have my own little system for like how well you guys do on a check versus how many feet die roll to determine if you got an encounter, that kind of thing. And you guys were just crushing it <laughs> left and right. So I'm like, no one counter, no one counter, no encounter. No encounter. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I'm just gonna have to all right, that's fine. That's I'm sort
1: actually like Chilly in real life, and so it was like very good version of same. like my hands are actually chilly, and my character is free. I
0: intentionally turned the I've thermostat down to thirty.
1: <laughs> <laughs> immersion.
0: Yep. Yep. Well, uh, uh, so
1: good to be back to One Ring and nice. these characters
0: again. I'm glad we got a little combat in this week. A little small, simple combat. Not that that means we're going to have a very complex, very difficult. Someone's going to die combat next week. That's not what I'm saying. You did
1: uh, get some endurance out of uh, some folks. Yeah,
2: it, it could have been a little refresher. Yeah, just something. Yeah, you know,
0: yeah, you know, just something. A little. It's just dangerous. Dangerous enough. Like I like wolves. I like I like wolves' because they're not hard to kill, but at the same time. Like they can do a little something, you know. And I love that leap effect. So like, Gilly can't just sit back. So I have to like, I get to scare Ashley a little bit. <laughs> get the little like, elbow back there. That's pretty fun. I like <laughs> Ashley. That's pretty fun. Yeah, super fun. <laughs> really enjoy that part, Jeff. Yeah. All right. So, uh, but yeah, that's it for us. Uh, let's see. Let's do some plugs. What else we got going on. Um, this is going order Monday. Holler. Holla. Holla. Appalachian Apocalypse uh, for Savage Worlds. We're back with that. Uh, so come check me and Melissa in that game, a bunch of other folks, uh, our friends at Defenders, our friends at Steam Steel Murder. Uh, come and join
3: us. Uh, and then Steven, what you got on Tuesday? Tuesday is the good, the mad, and the unholy, a haunted west game right here on Adventures in Lollygagging. Uh, you'll see a few familiar faces from this game there. Uh, please come join us for a horror Western game. Uh, The posse feels like they've entered a friendly place, maybe not so friendly, but a safe place, and they're going to find out how wrong they are. So it should be a good session. That's
0: weird, because last night when you described where we were, you made it sound like we were in the jaws of doom or
1: something like that. (laughs) Right? Yeah, you
0: are. (laughs) Also, little known fact, there are antlers, there are creepy antler things in that game, too.
3: (laughs) You can't have enough antlers. I agree. You really can't. That's a good movie.
0: Uh, Everyone's watching Netflix. I did enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, next Friday, we'll be back to Mothership. Uh, everyone everyone here will be in that game. And then a week from today, we'll be back to Wondering, where we will plunge into the depths of Uhlingu, uh and see how that goes. Uh, and uh, we also should mention our friends, Norse Foundry, if they're still there. Uh, we, uh, we've Yeah, we turned to Rolling Physical Dice a little while ago. Uh, and uh, if you would like to get a tiny little discount, uh, well, not tiny, 10%, that's a pretty good discount actually. Uh, on uh, on yeah. your your own wonderful amazing dice from our friends at Norris Foundry. Uh, head over there, put in Lolly It's a promo code, and you'll get ten percent off. It's great. Uh, and um, yeah, that's it. We're gonna go ahead and raid someone to continue, uh, so you can continue watching some wonderful streams uh, on your on your Saturday. And uh, we'll catch you hopefully on Monday with more uh, with more Lolly Gagger stuff. So good night everybody. Thanks for hanging out.
1: Thanks everybody. Bye.